I harumphed. What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, on, honey, it's a very tricky say. color, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Terry and I worship an unconventional deity, the power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. Good afternoon. Hey! Absolute consensus is that, that human action is leading to an increase in average temperatures. Absolute consensus. Absolute consensus. It, 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 I can't, I, I know you may try to argue with that, but you can't. No, not in my uh, way, so, 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 um, so, so, but therefore, um, but the, the key point is, can we respond to it? Is it? Do we have the political institutions and the political will and the organization globally to respond to this challenge? And that worries me immensely. I don't think we do at the moment. And I'm absolutely stunned that someone who is inspired by Richard Feynman, <laughs> a fantastic scientist who believes in empirical evidence, is quoting a consensus. Can I just say, I just, I brought the graph, right? I mean, can I just... <laughs> it cracks me up because then the people that are just jacked up that he, um, he pulls out a graph that he made. Oh, proof, <laughs> proof, evidence, it's proof. It's a graph. First of all, that the data has been corrupted, and we know that the 1930s what do you mean were warmer than corrupted? today. Yeah. Corrupted, what do you mean corrupted? Been manipulated. And, by and, who? Uh, by NASA. NASA? By the C- yes. As far as I'm concerned, politics should be based on empirical evidence. All policy should be based on empirical evidence. I've heard consensus, which is not science. I've heard appeals to authority, which is not science. I've heard um, various... Illusions. Hang on. Hang on. I've got a graph. I got a graph for you. Plus, I'm British. You showed me a graph. I have a graph and an accent. (laughs) This is the David Allen Show here on April. What's the day? 18 April. April. (laughs) We just started. August 18, 2016. Wow, it's not on a Sunday. No, I know on a weird day. No, this is us. It's us, for real. Kooky. I think I'm overdriving my mic for some reason. I don't know why. You're doing who? My mic's overdriving. Okay. Oh, well, we'll get there. Uh, no, I found that. That was Professor Brian Cox. Which one? Uh, the, the the smarmy one? or the one, the... the one with the graph. The one that brought the graph. <laughs> so shut Pro- up. Professor of what, actually? Uh, <clears throat> and Senator Senator Malcolm Roberts. Who? These, this is in Australia. Oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Senator Roberts, we've had a pause in this so-called warming for now 21 years, despite how you measure it. 21 years. Now, I'm absolutely stunned that someone who's inspired by Richard Feynman, a fantastic scientist who believes in empirical evidence, is quoting consensus. And then Cox, well, I brought the graph. I brought the graph. Go get him. Let me tell you where the pause is. Am I overdriving in your ears, too? Does it sound all uh, like it's being pushed? Something, something's weird. Something's weird. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm good. A pair of shoes. Oh yeah. And I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> but one, one. Let's see if I can find it because there was one lady who was in this discussion. 
also. And I, <clears throat> where'd it go? I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. She looked like just a, she might have been a, uh, a part of the parliament or whatever in Australia. But she was claiming, and old Cox, he said, and even the anecdotal evidence, and the lady's like, yeah, you can just feel it. You can feel it, that it's warm. Are you kidding? I thought the weather wasn't yeah, that's climate. Yeah, an- that's, plus that's anecdotal <laughs> evidence. Yep. Right, but in that, it proves, and that's what they're saying. It's proof that in that anecdotal evidence that you can just feel it. You can just feel it's warm. Oh. Yeah. So there you have it, the liberal media uh, killing us. The science is settled. Science. Weird science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this idea of consensus. Uh, Brian Cox, actually, I guess he's a particle physicist. Um, particles. Yeah. Hmm. Particle physicist. Um. So he knows about particles. What about chemtrail? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Is is that a particle? Oh, chemtrails. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting that uh, there's always politics and all these sort of things. And uh, again, and that's that's the point of the the good senator or whoever it was was trying to make. How about we just stop uh, Malcolm Roberts, I guess his name is. How about we look at the data and let the data speak for itself? No, no. N- yeah, I know, I know. Can't have it. No, 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 no. Not, not, not according to Brian. But, but, uh, they do it all the time. Like no. I saw this interesting article in MSN. Uh, MSN.com. And the article, the name of the article is Scientists Just Say No to Chemtrails Conspiracy Theory. Oh, the theory. The conspiracy theory. And so, um, you know, usually with something like this, it would be um, primarily, uh, you know, looking at the evidence, having everybody look at the evidence across the board and try to come up with a potential theory um and the gist of it the gist of the whole thing was that the experts 76 out of 77 experts uh did not see evidence for a large-scale secret atmospheric program what do you mean a secret what the chemtrails it has to be secret. Oh, you mean where they What do you mean? So they just asked people if they thought it was if they thought it was real and because they said no then they said it wasn't real? No, well they did a they did an international survey and, and nearly 17% of the people nearly. said they believed in the existence oh. of a secret large scale atmospheric program, but 98.7% of scientists did not believe in it. And um uh, the whole article was basically kind of uh, similar to the uh, the uh, global warming article, or um, that abc.net.au in Australia mm-hmm. that you just mm-hmm. uh, played. Yeah, is uh, look at my graph. There are scientists 
who uh, say one thing, so we must believe it. Right. Rather than actually, um, you know, looking at the evidence. It's it's uh, it's crazy how often um, the... Uh, That's what it is. <laughs> That's what they're hoping it's going to be. Once you have a slow drip long enough, it's going to make impact. Yes, yes. Well, I saw... I see this all the time. Um, the news media comes up with these these weird, um, and I've just been fascinated about it lately, um, where they would come up with an article. You'd read an article that says one thing, mm-hmm. and then when you read the uh, the article, you, you realize that it was just a bunch of garbage. That's right. <laughs> what year is that from? That's a good question. I don't know. Because I remember the other one with the uh, crazy scientist, Tom something another. Science! Oh. <laughs> that one. <laughs> 1991, perhaps? No, 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 no. This Best Of came out in 91, so I'm not so sure. So this, this song was probably with the movie Weird Science. Oh, yeah, probably. Okay, so it would have been 84, 85. <clears throat> Anyways, one thing is for certain. Um, what we see is pure propaganda and... It's another example of going to the mainstream news media to try to get some kind of uh, information. It is uh, caveat emptor, buyer beware. (laughs) I saw this article on MSN speaking about this. The the article says how one couple saved $1 million in four years (laughs) to retire by age 43. Okay. So that's what it said. They wanted to retire in one year. And you start reading the article, and it turns out, they're, okay, they're in their late 30s, except at the beginning of this, they wanted to retire when they were 43 in four years. They started out with having almost $600,000 in the bank, two homes that were paid for, and a nice job. And... uh they were putting they're putting aside two hundred thousand dollars a month to try to retire by the age of forty three. So you read the article and you're thinking, oh wow, there's a possibility. Is there some weird little technique? Is there some <laughs> kind of day trading idea? And I can get in there and I can and I too can retire. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no. First thing that you need to retire with a million dollars is a million dollars. Then anybody, I mean literally anybody can retire with a million dollars. Mhm. Once you got a million dollars. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. I don't know why anybody watches the news anymore. No, uh, however, um if you do uh you get um this kind of stuff, I think. The Yahoo News, the Yahoo Finance. This is Yahoo Finance, like a a roundtable TV kind of thing. Uh Um, And this is what you get out of that. All right, guys, go for it. Bon appetit. Okay. All right. 
Gotta take some of this part off so I get the beef. Mm-hmm. Mm. Too much of that part. Four people sitting around okay. on camera. Not bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually better than I Do thought. Not. And they're still warm, so mm -hmm. kudos yeah. to whoever went out and got these fresh. I like the sauce, it. the Tex-Mex sauce. Mm -hmm. The texture's good, it seems mm -hmm. fresh. Tomatoes, onions, mm -hmm. cheese, right? I only cheese. got the meat, but there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, it's, the seasoned meat is, is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's definitely, there's, it's packed. It there's is packed. There's going on in here. I like the melted cheese also. Two ninety nine if you buy it as a combo meal. Four ninety nine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> decent price point. I mean, that's actually pretty big too for two ninety nine mm -hmm. as oh. part of the meal. Um, now you actually what? you went and ordered these, didn't you, Min Young? I did, and I have to say, it took so long to get them. Really? It took twenty minutes to get these. Really? It's like not fast food. It's not fast. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> nope. A little gourmet action there. Okay. <laughs> so, Ray, what's your assessment here? What are you? Are you just, just still figuring it out? Yeah, personally, I didn't really get much beef. Like it's all like you vegetables didn't. right now. You got yeah. gypped on the beef. Uh -oh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. He's still eating it though. So that's a very good sign. Right. He's but, still at it. So overall, better than the mac and Cheetos. Yes. You're giving yes. it an A, A minus, B, B plus? B plus. B plus. <laughs> yes. Oh, I got right. What do you what what grade would you give it, Vera? Yeah. B ish. B ish. Mm -hmm. B ish. C plus maybe? Mostly just because I didn't get Harsh the credit. I'm with you. I'm gonna go with a B. Right. Um but all right. Well, Min Young <laughs> and Ray, thanks a lot for being with us and, and continue to enjoy your Whopperito. No Thank problem. You. All right. Burger King's Whopperito right there. News, ladies and gentlemen. News. Wow. <laughs> To talk about price, it's two ninety nine. But if you get in a meal, you get this. Are you kidding? How is this news? I wonder. Uh, I wonder if there's some so called journalistic credibility because they didn't give it an A plus across <laughs> right. the board. Well, the one guy. Well, it wasn't that good. So that that's not how not a lot of beef. He, he's the negative. He's and the downer. <laughs> Debbie, his name's Debbie. <laughs> that is that is sick. But then, a long time ago. We used to get this kind of a report that uh, I don't think we will ever see again, ever, ever in our lifetime. This kind of report will For never happen. For years now, parents have wondered if vaccines are linked to conditions like autism and ADD. Government officials and some scientists say there is no connection, and they're often backed by independent experts. But just how independent are they? You may be surprised at what Cheryl Ackeson found when she set out to follow the money. Now, keep in mind, Cheryl Atkinson got fired. Yeah. For, um, what did she I, get? I for reporting, like actually reporting some controversial news. Yeah. Uh, CBS is who this is. Did, now, did she get fired or did she, she get laid off? Well, I don't know. Oh, I think she got fired. Specifically uh, or, for something like, uh, well, she was reporting news that actually mattered, like saying truth, I think, and that didn't fit the narrative. Now, and then some people say she had a book out that the CIA didn't approve of or something. And <laughs> I don't know. But then, I mean, this is Katie Kirk when she did the news. <sighs> They're some of the most trusted voices in the defense of vaccine safety. The American Academy of Pediatrics, Every Child by Two, and pediatrician Dr. Paul Offit. But CBS News has found these three have something more in common. Polio number two. Strong financial ties to the industry whose products they promote and defend. Oh. The vaccine industry gives millions to the Academy of Pediatrics of for conferences, grants, medical education classes, even help pay to build their headquarters. Oh. The totals are kept secret, but public documents reveal bits and pieces. $342,000 was given to the Academy by Wyeth, maker of the pneumococcal vaccine, hmm. for a community grant program. Huh. 
$433,000 was contributed to the Academy by Merck. The same year, Does the Academy st- endorsed Merck's HPV vaccine. Does that stand that? for mercenary? I think so. That's insane. The $433,000 they got the same year that the... Uh, American Academy of Pediatrics endorsed Program. their new vaccine. $433,000 was contributed to the Academy by Merck. The same year, the Academy endorsed Merck's HPV vaccine. Huh. Another top donor, Sanofi Aventis, maker of 17 vaccines. Uh, we also need to look up the, the HPV vaccine. Yeah, that kills that people. that is extremely um, negative. Yeah. And is that, it's actually being like like warned against now. Well, like, you know, Tylenol, uh, if Tylenol was created now, mm-hmm. the FDA would n- never would have uh, approved it. Gardasil, that's the name of the mm, HPV. There you one. go. Oh. Yeah. It's not pretty. And a new five-in-one combo shot oh. just added to the childhood vaccine schedule last month. Every Child by Two, a group that promotes early immunization for all children, admits the group takes money from the vaccine industry, too, but wouldn't tell us how much. A spokesman told us there are simply no conflicts to be unearthed. <laughs> guess- are you kidding? None. You no know, con- what, wouldn't that be interesting <laughs> if uh, law enforcement worked that way? Yeah, come in. Yeah, yeah, we, we have you at this place. Somebody saw you running from the building with a bloody knife. Did you do it? No. Oh, no, no. oh okay. There's okay. clearly no connection. They're clear. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody out. Thank you, sir. Sorry for bothering you. Who has been listed as the group's <clears throat> treasurers, an official from Wyeth, and a paid advisor to big pharmaceutical clients. Then there's Dr. Paul Offit, perhaps the most widely quoted defender of vaccine safety. He's gone so far as to say babies can theoretically tolerate, quote, 10,000 vaccines at once. <laughs> this is how Offit described himself in a well, of previous course interview. Die, I'm but... the chief of infectious diseases at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and a professor of pediatrics at Penn's Medical School. And I also get paid $100 million. By Big Pharma. Dr. Offit was not willing to be interviewed on this subject. Duh. But like others in our investigation, he has strong industry ties. In fact, he's a vaccine industry insider. Hmm. Dr. Offit holds a $1.5 million <gasps> research chair at Children's Hospital funded by Merck. He holds the patent on an anti-diarrhea vaccine he developed with Merck. Interesting. He owns a patent. Now, if you remember, Dr. Fauci is like... Um, He's always on CNN talking about the, was the Ebola vaccine that they needed to work on, and we last at the end of the last show we kind of briefly talked about the Zika money that's uh-huh. actually yeah, Ebola yeah, yeah. money like yep. rolling into Zika now. Yep. He now is the guy that they all talk to, and he owns a bunch of vaccine patents. Ooh, tell me there's no conflict, which has prevented thousands <laughs> of hospitalizations in the U.S. And future royalties for the vaccine were just sold for $182 million cash. Now, let's think about that. Future royalties. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, in the, you know, going forward, what we're going to make on this, we're just forecasting here a little bit, $182 million. That's okay. Mm-hmm. So who bought that? If they sold the future royalties to who? Uh-huh. Or to whom, perhaps? Dr. Offit's share of vaccine profits unknown <laughs> clearly <laughs> half uh, there's no conflict here he said there was no conflict <laughs> That's right so 
<laughs> Come on. Don't you trust people? What's wrong with you? There's nothing illegal about the possible conflicts of interest. But as one member of Congress put it, money from the pharmaceutical industry can shape the practices of those who hold themselves out to be independent. Uh -huh. The American Academy of Pediatrics, Every Child by Two, and Dr. Offit wouldn't agree to interviews, but all told us they're upfront about the money they receive, and it doesn't sway their opinions. <sighs> Today's immunization schedule now calls for kids to get 55 doses of vaccines by age six. That's Ideally, insane. it makes for a healthier society, but critics worry no. that industry ties. Because if we believe Bill and Melinda Gates, they want to curb the population by using vaccines. Come on now. She, right? She was at a Christian conference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Could impact Almost the done. advice given to the public about all those vaccines. Cheryl Atkinson, CBS News, Washington. She's spiritual. So this... <clears throat> This was on the CBS Evening News back when Katie Kirk, wait a second, maybe that's why she lost her job. <sighs> I mean, she didn't have the best ratings, but she got booted out of that spot. As the nightly news person, when she ran like she was the nightly news anchor. But Katie that's Kirk. implying that she has some integrity. Oh. Oh, she, isn't she the one that just recently yes, got hammered for yes. mis-editing? <laughs> yes. Or for being, being party to a... a yeah, selectively editing. Selectively edited. Yes. 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 Uh, okay, well, let's think about that. So she does this story on vaccines and her and Cheryl. Cheryl's out. Yep, she's gone. Katie's now out. Maybe she learned her lesson. Huh. Maybe. Right? I mean, I, prove, prove me otherwise. <laughs> no, I'll take your you, word for you it. Can't. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going to do what they do and just take your word for it. I'm going to just take it. It's fine. But uh, but again, we're assuming that some of these people are smart. Uh, some of these um, columnists. Now, uh, what's her name? Atkinson? Cheryl Atkinson. Cheryl, yep. yeah. She's very smart. Mm -hmm. But in, in, uh, in England, man, they have some really stupid journalists. Or just uh, lazy. Probably well, more lazy. Lazy. Uh, one more thing, real quick, on the native ad concept. Going back oh, to the okay. Whopper, sure. The the Whopperito, whatever that stupid it, thing was, uh, that they sat about for two minutes and chewed, a, ate it, and yep. talked about how awesome and what it cost. Yeah. Um, I was in uh, Sioux Falls uh, last week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I think you might have been there as well. Yeah, I um, could have. Uh, a commercial that came on during the Olympic coverage, which I can imagine you weren't quite taking part I in. I must have missed that one. <laughs> I'm I'm a little red um, in the face. <laughs> yeah. So embarrassed. Um, at the in, nightly news, this is the ten o'clock news. Uh huh. Sturgis just ended, I think, or just wrapped up oh. recently. Oh, in, okay. In, uh, first week in August, something like that. All right. Out east, east, west, west, west part of the state. West in the yeah. black, those black hills. Black very those, green. Uh, <clears throat> and this you know, news story. Why do we have story. to bring race into everything, <laughs> Alan? Mm, that's, a, that's a good, good point. Uh, okay. News. Um. News story. Even though Black Hill, the Black Hills and Sturgis, even though that's over, um, the the rally is a boom for local DNL Harley Davidson. Whole full on story in their shop, talking to their guys with their branding all over it about all these these service repairs that are happening coming from these bikers that were at Sturgis and now they're coming back, and so it's a big boom for our business. Tell me that's not paid advertisement. Yeah, that's paid advertisement. Totally. It's not news. I'm sorry. I, um, I. Give me a whopper. I, I don't know. I don't know what you can. Uh, <laughs> you 
can't. I mean, things yeah. things obviously changed in college if you're going for journalism. I mean, <laughs> I don't think journalists work anymore, do they? Well, no. I guess that's not. Yeah, I'm not going to say yeah. what I, mm-hmm. it just popped Good. through my Good. head. Good. <clears throat> but the other thing is, there's a um, not only has the ethics in journalism gone down the crapper. Mm-hmm. I would I would say the uh, um, learning how to be a journalist, you know, things like research <laughs> has gone down the crapper. Did you, I don't know if you saw this, <laughs> a British, uh, I see it now. <laughs> a British tabloid made an embarrassing error Friday. <laughs> writing a hysterical piece that incorrectly reported the defense ministry Paid hundreds of millions of pounds to buy a five-inch long gun. And they meant five-inch this way, right? A five-inch gun. Because <laughs> the picture on this on this article it's is a, like a huge gun mounted it, on a ship. Yes, it is a naval gun. It's a, The reason why it's a, called a five-inch gun is that the diameter of the shells that it chews out are five, <laughs> five inches. inches. So I don't know how much it... I mean, the shell's probably two to three uh, feet long. Five inches wide. It was a five-inch gun that you put on a, a battleship or a destroyer or whatever. And um, <clears throat> that would be inept media. The idiot. Now, I mean, to me, this is just absolute idiocy. Because, first of all, you had the reporter write this garbage, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a headline from the Daily Star, evidently, in England. Um, so you had the... The reporter write this, and the editor kept it in there. Not one person even investigated what a what a five inch gun is. Not one person. Not only that, not one person was in the military to know what a five inch gun. I was in the Marine Corps. I wasn't in the Navy. I knew what you. <laughs> I don't know. Was <laughs> the UK Defense Journal on Twitter? commented and said hi margie murphy you may wish to add to the article that the gun itself is just under eight meters long <laughs> <laughs> so the headline we just blew 183 million pounds on a five inch gun but it's good value for taxpayers now maybe they have a problem with spending 183 million pounds which is what is that 200 million dollars not quite probably in, something in, like in that the u.s dollars uh, on a on a weapon, okay, maybe, but they probably don't care about their shorts, so it's fine. Well, it's funny uh, on their subtitle, the Ministry of Defense has just splashed out <laughs> on a hundred eighty three million pound contract for a five inch gun, claiming it's good value for taxpayers. The weapon, which is the length of a toothbrush, <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Oh man, will be placed on combat ships that are still in the factory. This cannot be real. There's no way this is true. Really? Oh, that is horrible. If true, we're doomed. <laughs> I think it's I think what it is 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 if journalism has sunk to these levels, mm-hmm. <clears throat> pandering to advertisers mm-hmm. and um not a- not actually really doing much research, why does anybody take what the mainstream media says at face value. They don't know the difference. 
they're being told and they believe it. This is the same people that go to the doctor and they do what they're told. Um, in, let's find the city here. The Brookwood Medical Center in Birmingham, Alabama. Caroline Malatesta gave birth to her first three children with the help of epidurals and oxytocin. Now, mm. this is a little different take, but this is my point about people just doing what they're told and that the and when the establishment assumes that they will do it. Mm-hmm. They kind of get almost militant that you do what we say. After her third child was born, she tells the Independent Journal Review that she was a, she saw a TV segment for the medical center where a doctor mentioned, quote, embracing natural and water births. She explains, quote, For me, there was something about having a doctor talk about natural birth and water birth that added a layer of legitimacy to it. Maybe it wasn't just a trend. Maybe there were safety reasons to, maybe there were safety reasons to, to do it. That doesn't make sense. Whatever. After all, this hospital is going so far as to deliver babies in water to help women avoid medical medicine for pain relief. I began researching Brookwood's, Brookwood's website. I interviewed an OBGYN at Brookwood, Brookwood to confirm all I'd read. Indeed, he told me that letting the normal physiological process play out was safer than how I'd done it in the past. All this convinced me to switch hospitals. But instead of the personalized treatment she was promised, the mother of four says the hospital did the exact opposite. Quote, I was on my back for monitoring, even though I was promised I could be mobile during monitoring. My nurse ignored me when I protested being on my back. I did my best to comply with her demands, but at some point I felt a big contraction coming and I instinctively flipped to my hands and knees while saying, I can't be on my back. I had an overwhelming urge to be off of my back. It was a very physical struggle. Once I was forced to my back, it was like touching a hot stove. My body immediately held, told me to get off my back. The nurse was holding me down and holding the head in, which is also very dangerous. It was pretty violent. And then it got worse. My water broke and I felt the baby crowning. I focused on gently breathing out my baby like I'd learned. It came very naturally. And then my nurse said, let's get you on your back and pulled my wrist out from under me. I fell down on my shoulder because of that, and she rolled me on my back, and then another nurse instructed me not to push while holding her hand on my baby's head to prevent him from being born. My medical records show this happened for about six minutes. The best way I can describe what I was feeling as my nurse held in my baby's head is that it was a a bad pain. The rest of my labor had been a good pain, hard but productive. I was screaming, stop, but no one listened, It was scary because I could feel it hurting me, and she didn't seem concerned that I was screaming stop. And as a result of the traumatic incident, Malatesta now suffers from a permanent nerve condition known as pedudinal neuroneuralgia. She explains she spends countless hours each day trying to relieve the pain, taking baths, using ice packs, and taking various medications that often have unpleasant side effects. Though the Brookwood, Brookwood TV ads have since been removed from YouTube, Malatesta documented them as evidence during her lawsuit against the Alabama hospital where she gave birth. One ad promised a birth plan designed specifically for each patient, created by a doctor who would address any issues or medical needs of the baby. But Malatesta says the hospital had no way of knowing a woman was, quote, under the care of a doctor until she arrived for delivery. And three years after her experience, Brookwood was still advertising natural and water births. 
In the end, Malatesta won $16 million after a jury found her experience to be a direct result of false advertising on behalf of the Brookwood Medical Center. And the lawsuit was never about the money, she explains to Independent Journal Review. Rather, she claims it was about getting honest answers from a hospital she once trusted. Quote, I wanted validation for what happened to me and also to other women. Unfortunately, with a jury verdict and even though their marketing director acknowledged several inaccuracies in the marketing, Brookwood seems reluctant to apologize to the community. They advertised personalized birth plans and freedom of movement at a time when they had a standing order that all women had to be on bed rest for large portions of labor. Women relied on these promises when they came to Brookwood. I think simply apologizing to the community would go a long way. Weld Birmingham Birmingham reports that Kristen Essen likewise opted to have a natural birth at Brookwood in 2012, saying... She also made the switch because of their advertisements. Eason, Essen, apparently used their birthing tubs and claims her umbilical cord snapped. She says she was ordered out of the tub by the doctor on call, but was not assisted in doing so. She recalls her doula, which is a woman trained to help during the childbirth process, was the only person who helped her. As Malatesta adjusts to her new normal and life after her legal battle is over, Brookwood is still not apologizing. Kate Darden, the vice president of marketing communications for the hospital, said in a statement, We are disappointed in the outcome of the case. No kidding, $16 million. Brookwood Baptist Medical Center strives for excellence in patient care and satisfaction, and we respectfully disagree with the jury's verdict. My point here, though, is they assume, the establishment assumes that you don't question them. And it's the same thing with the media. You don't question the media. You don't question an authority. Same with cops. You don't question them because they're right, darn it. The only thing different with cops is they have a gun. True. True. So you probably should do that anyway. But it's frustrating because it's that exact thing. And that's why I think people are just spoon-fed what they're supposed to do. Well, um, from school, uh, when you go to school, Mm -hmm. you're spoon-fed, obey, sit down, Shut, Shut up. up. Don't make a noise. Slave. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is how uh, we need to uh, create people to uh, work in our factories. That's right. Common core all the way. So I think that's exactly how people are, are taught. <clears throat> at one point, at one time in history, there was, at least in, in a lot of schools, this at least a much greater idea of actually thinking for yourself or, you know, coming to conclusions, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's, uh, there's one way to do everything, and it's, it's what the government says, slave. That's right. And you'll like it. And you'll like it? Or else. <laughs> Ooh. That's great, Craig. <clears throat> yeah, I thought that was kind of insane just because, well, and we, you know, we're... We have some friends that are in the throes of giving birth very soon. Ooh, and cool. You know, it's you can't force people to do anything, obviously. Mm-hmm. But just in bringing up some things, it's not. It's like it's not normal that they would even have the thought that maybe they should um, plan what they want. Yeah, and have that as you know, actually go in and tell the doctor what they're going to do. Although it was a lot worse in, in the past. I mean, if you were going to give birth, they would, uh, fathers weren't oh, even right. allowed yeah. in. So, mm-hmm. 
in some ways, I suppose it's gotten some somewhat better. Uh, Except the cesarean rate is outrageous in our country, yeah. and thus the birth, or the infant mortality rate is skyrocketed. Yeah, and that's primarily due to convenience and uh, lawsuits. I have a funny story when my uh, when my daughter was was being born. Um, my wife, beforehand, she had decided that um, she wasn't going to take any pain medication because she didn't want it to affect the child and whatnot. And um, so <laughs> it's it was a long, uh, long delivery because uh, my wife is uh, more petite, and um, so it was a few hours, quite a few hours in. And she started screaming on one of the uh, contractions, and I'm sitting there with her. And she grabs my shirt, pulls me down, and goes, medication. <laughs> <laughs> but at but at that point, it was too late. They couldn't give her any. <laughs> well, but hey, then she, then she could just jump right out and be done, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com.
Herb Albert. Who? My Herb. Oh, Herb. Herb, as they say in the food biz. <laughs> All right. Um, you've been following anything? You know, all that was going on in Milwaukee. Uh, what was going? Oh, it kind of got dirty. Yeah, I got. I used to live out there, <clears throat> and I remember whenever you go downtown, you would go through the sections that they were invariably probably burning down. I suppose. I mean, it's twenty years ago, but you'd go by the mall that, like Chris Rock says, it's the um. I can't remember the words. But anyways, it was at one time a, a good mall. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the projects came. Oh. And then it became a mall that has like two stores in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of ghetto there. There's a lot of projects there. Um, and uh, I saw some interviews from uh, Sheriff David Clark. He is the... Um, the Milwaukee County Sheriff. Uh, someone, a black guy got shot. Is that true? Yes. By a cop. By a cop. Wasn't it a black cop that shot him? Yes. The police shooting of a black man. A second night of tense riots breaking out in Milwaukee last night, as you can see from that video. Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark is with us. And, Sheriff, I know it's just been a very tough uh, two or three days. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, how did this all happen? Maybe you can just uh, first just talk us through what happened. Well, first of all, I'm I'm used to tough, but uh, doing it for 38 years. Uh, look, the social order in Milwaukee totally collapsed on Saturday night. And when the social order collapsed, tribal behavior takes over. When tribal behavior takes over, the law of the jungle replaces the rule of law, and that's why you end up with with what you saw last night was a little better. Not good enough for me. I won't be satisfied until these creeps crawl back into their holes so that the good law-abiding people that live in the Milwaukee ghetto the uh, can return, return <laughs> yeah. to at least a, a, um, a calm quality of life. Uh, Sheriff, the, we understand that the video that was recorded on the officer's body camera sh- quite, show, quite clearly shows what happened. Is that right? It should well, have. I haven't seen the video, yeah. but I did talk to the mayor <laughs> yesterday. And yeah. uh, he said he saw the video, and then it's clear that the uh, the suspect that the officer confronted was armed with a firearm. I noticed that people are leaving that out when they say a police shot a man. They mm-hmm. shot an armed individual this time. So it doesn't give the, the cop haters uh, the high ground on this sort of thing. But look, that's not what causes riots anyway. What causes riots are failed liberal urban policies in these ghettos like Milwaukee. Milwaukee has inescapable poverty where they're like the sixth poorest city in America. They have failing public schools. The K-12 public school system here, there's only two, one, uh, two school systems that are worse, Cleveland and Detroit. You have massive black unemployment. I think the black unemployment rate in Milwaukee is 32%. You have dysfunctional families. You have father absent homes. You have questionable lifestyle choices. Those are the ingredients for a riot. And then a police shooting comes along and just acts as, acts as, as an igniter to an already volatile situation. Now look, between Friday night and Saturday, four people were murdered in nine separate shootings, and these same creeps, we didn't hear a peep from them, but all of a sudden, a law enforcement officer, fearing for his life reasonably, is confronted by an armed individual, 
And these people who exploit this thing, these cop hitters, want to come out and riot. This was just a situation of, of opportunity for people to steal, to loot, and to uh, rabble rouse. You know, it's interesting. Uh, while we always hear rabble the bad rouse. stuff that goes on, and we're showing pictures of that now, Sheriff, I do know there were people that came out and were chanting for peace. They were carrying trash bags. They had brooms and shovels. They wanted to clean up. They must be just as sick of this as you are in law enforcement. Well, that's the, those are the folks that I'm talking about. The overwhelming majority of good mm. law-abiding people, you know, willing to pitch in. But you know what? They feel helpless at, at a time like this because, this, you know, like I said, this tribal behavior takes over. And then you have this upheaval and this chaos. Uh, I'm from this city. I've been here my whole life. I feel for these individuals. Yeah, they might be poor. They might be uneducated, undereducated. They might be uh, unemployed, but they're good law-abiding people. And they need help, but they're not getting it from this Democrat, liberal class of politicians who have reigned over this thing for decades. Like I said, the economic state of Milwaukee today wasn't like this when I was growing up as a kid here. There were plenty of opportunities. The schools were good. People were employed. This happened over time under their watch, pushing the growth of the welfare state. And now in Milwaukee, we have a growing underclass. And what you saw this weekend with those underclass uh, behaviors on display. Well, Sheriff, we hope very much that things are a lot quieter and calmer tonight, but we also thank you very much for taking the time out and what has been a difficult time to speak with us, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. One, one comment about that. You notice he said two or three times talking about tribal behavior. Mm -hmm. That wasn't in the news, and the reason it wasn't in the news, in my opinion, is because the sheriff is black. If a oh, white man oh, had oh, said man, tribal yeah. behavior oh, like racist. that... Oh, Clear, my goodness. Yeah. Clearly yeah. racist. Mm -hmm. But I, the other thing I find interesting, you know, he's been in the news for a while. Yeah. Well, Sheriff, Sheriff Clark on all these other shootings. Yep. And all this other cop stuff. And he's been kind of the the darling of the, the Republicans. Yep. Because he's, I think, got a decent perspective that's mm -hmm. real. This is his county. It is his this county. This is home. Yep. He so, was, I mean, he knows what he's talking about with this specific situation. This is not him opining about no. another outside city. This is his place. He, he was a Milwaukee police officer for 25 years. He was a homicide detective, a whole bunch of other stuff before, before he became. Before he was sheriff. Yeah, before he was sheriff. He, there's another clip here where he's doing a press conference, and he actually breaks down and talks about the number of times each one of the perpetrators who got shot and arrested uh, why they were arrested, stuff like that. I mean, he comes out, uh, man. Actually, what I'll do is I'll start by saying this because there's a there's a, a lot mis a lot of misunderstanding. I this think is a long in terms clip. of yep. uh, what causes these situations. The police use of force uh, serves as as an igniter. There's no doubt, but but to an already volatile um, situation, a volatile mix of urban pathologies, failed urban <clears throat> policy that exacerbates inescapable poverty failing oh one thing though mayor of milwaukee wisconsin yep tom barrett since 2004 he's a democrat oh of course he is clearly yeah you know this, this is wisconsin with scott walker as the as the gov yeah but when it comes to these cities the inner city this is this falls on the the city leadership oh absolutely I mean, this is mayors this is absolutely this is the new plantation yeah. Public schools, inadequate parenting, 
father absent homes. We all know when fathers are not around to shape the behavior of young boys, they oftentimes grow up to be unmanageable misfits. That the That's a sexist comment. Unmanageable misfits. Holy cow. Yeah, the courage to say they need dads. Yeah. That actually creates some, some order. Police have to deal with in an aggressive fashion. Uh, pathologies like lifestyle choices, questionable lifestyle choices, gang involvement, drug and alcohol abuse, as well as uh, massive unemployment. Those are the ingredients. Those are the things that cause resentment, anger, and frustration to Can you, um, boil beneath the surface. Go and to about the 620. Situation comes along, and that's why I said it's an igniter, but it's an igniter. You know, nobody else killed. But I think it's important to point out as well, because we tend to gloss over this stuff. We keep focusing on the police. We keep focusing on the police. And I've said publicly before, stop trying to fix the police, fix the ghetto. And I talked about those Bam. other pathologies that have to be uh, addressed to shrink the size of the underclass. We have the growth of an underclass here in Milwaukee. And you saw some of their behaviors on display last night. So you shrink the size of the underclass. How do you do that? You reduce poverty. You fix the schools. You put people back to work, meaningful work. You hold people accountable for effective parenting and some of those lifestyle choices, uh, which sometimes means if they're going to go out and engage in certain behaviors that society says uh, we're not going to put up with, then there have to be sanctions. And that's where the criminal justice system comes in. That's where the prosecutor's office comes in. And uh, I look around just about Everybody in this room has heard me over the last five years, minimum, talking about the role of the criminal justice system, the prosecutor's office, the, uh, the sentencing practices in this uh, area in Milwaukee County. And I don't know, I guess people didn't think it played a big role, but we're seeing it now, not just last night, but we're seeing it time and time again when some individual goes out and, and does something uh, heinous. We look and they have a long, lengthy criminal history that nobody applied any sanctions to, or any meaningful sanctions, let's put it that way. Uh, maybe um, some sanctions. Is he implying that had these people actually had some consequences for their action in, put in place, they may not have done this? I, I think that's a fair assumption. Fair assessment. Interesting. And he's going to go and talk about some of that. It's a sanction, but that's not meaningful. So <clears throat> as I look at the two individuals involved in the traffic stop last night, I have their criminal histories front of me we will provide your booking photos uh, later on fran we'll put that wow on. yeah but as i look the individual who lost his life thirteen arrests uh, some serious stuff recklessly endangering safety the felony first degree felony Dismissed. I don't know why. I don't have the reason, but but dismissed. It's going to be me. I guess if you all have an interest, you'll go back and start peeling back the layers to find out what happened. Sometimes this is no fault of the prosecutor. You know, if you can't get, or she can't get, your, you know, the witnesses to cooperate. I understand that, but that tells the individual who was involved in it that not much is going to happen, and they tend to repeat the behavior. That's how human behavior works. You punish unwanted behavior, you'll see less of it. You do nothing about unwanted behavior, you're going to see a repeat and more of it. Uh, it's got a bunch of drug uh, arrests here. Robbery, use of force, no prosecution. I don't know why. I'm not going to 
blast the prosecutor's office at this point. However, at somebody this point. ought to go back and look and see why. Uh, there, there has to be a reason. That's called accountability. If the DA says, hey, we, we tried, the victims bailed on us, I, I, I get that. But if this is one of these second chance, deferred, um, those are the sorts of Liberal things policy. I think that are yep. having a, a detrimental effect to uh, this community. The second guy, the guy who lived, who's in custody now, possession of a dangerous weapon under 18, dismissed, some drug uh, dealing, two-year probation, interlock system, time served, 12 days. It's pretty light sanctions. Two counts of bail jumping. Two counts of bail jumping, one of them, which is a total disregard for the criminal justice system. Five days. Another uh, possession of cocaine, probation violations. He's on probation. That means he's been given his chance. In one of these earlier arrests, he's been given his chance. Son, we're going to put you on probation. We're going to give you a chance. you got to walk the straight and narrow. He does not walk the straight and narrow. <laughs> gets arrested several times for probation violation. He gets time served 30 days, time served 45 days. It's, it's why we continue to see the behavior repeated. Oh, I thought it was uh, great because the guy actually he he didn't he didn't mess around. He said these guys are just horrible human beings, mm -hmm. and this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't the cops doing it. Um, this is the this is a criminal justice system that is failing here, <clears throat> and or. I I guess you'd have to say that's not completely fair because uh the the state legislature sets a lot of sentencing guidelines and sometimes the uh the judge's hands are tied. Um but regardless these guys had been through the system many many times before. Mhm. And uh <clears throat> well and if you go to Barrett from Milwaukee.com, which is Mayor uh, Tom Barrett's website. Oh. First thing post, it's from March 11, but the first thing on there, President Obama endorses Mayor Tom Barrett. Oh. Well. So, I mean, it, it, it seems to be a pattern that the, the slum cities... Cities with the most crime tend to be run by Democrats. And as we saw a few shows ago when we had Jay on, we looked at the, the murder rate in New York City, and that dropped drastically once Giuliani was in place. Well, I, um, Mayor, or uh, I'm sorry, Sheriff Clark, uh, I think he's been the sheriff for like the last 16 years. Well, his last election, uh, he got 79% of the vote. Oh, okay. So he's a so, winner. So people like him. Mm -hmm. And it's that cognitive dissidence yeah. where people would vote for Obama and the same failed policies and yet mm -hmm. vote for him. But I, you know, I wonder how much of the vote for him was simply because he's black. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I would vote for him in a heartbeat. <laughs> Uh, man, if we could, 
yeah, if we could get him to run for uh for the presidency. Um of course, he's an Uncle Tom, right? Clearly, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He's not actually black. Yeah, he's not because that's he's not black enough. Yeah. CNN says it regrets leaving out a woman's call for violence in the suburbs of Milwaukee following the fatal shooting of her brother by police. <laughs> violence erupted they in Milwaukee. They regret it. They regret it. Oh, yeah. It was a mistake. Violence erupted in Milwaukee on Saturday following the shooting of 23-year-olds. Uh, Silville? Silville Smith, huh? Police say he had a gun in his hand when he turned toward the officer who opened fire. His sister, Sherelle Smith... Spoke to reporter Sunday calling for peace. And this is what's... Uh, da, 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 da. Let's go open this up. Sorry, this is a hot link I'm going to go to real quick. Because this is how I believe CNN did it. Um, Come on, come on, come on, come on. This is how CNN reported it. Family and friends holding a vigil marked by prayers. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. With his sister calling for peace. Don't bring the violence here and the ignorance here. Milwaukee police say they made multiple arrests overnight. We're still waiting on those final numbers. It comes on top of the 17 arrests made Saturday night. Thank you. Thank you, CNN. Wow. That, um, you know, I, I'm wondering if it was the same intern who worked for the Daily Star in England. Well, uh, maybe maybe they got fired maybe, over there. Maybe. <laughs> got picked up by CNN. <clears throat> um, but what they didn't say, and I do apologize, this has some uh, coarse language in it. Uh, so if any children are listening, you might um, you might not want to uh, to, to to listen. Uh, but this is a the raw video, a, a raw bit of a little bit of her talking, uh, and she went on much longer. But this is well, meanwhile, dozens a longer version of what she had to say. One of the fires set last night. Yeah, the really big one, the BP gas station there, at Sherman and Burley. That's where Madeline Anderson is live. Madeline, what's happening out there? Hey guys, well we've got hey. a lot of activity going on right now. Behind me it looks like that there is a crowd uh, in the intersection of Burley and Sherman. Now for a while they were blocking off traffic, but about five minutes ago it appears that they moved back onto the sidewalks or into the median. And about 20 minutes ago we saw a group marching through the street, again partially blocking traffic. We don't know where they were headed or really what their uh, message was, but now if uh, we can hear, if we look down the street, we can hear sirens and see a lot of lights down on, there. Again, I don't know if police are reacting to something that's going on or if they're just there to keep this area safe. Earlier in the evening, the group marched to 44th an hour uh, to hold a vigil. In Now, they lit candles and chanted. They uh, were saying words like peace and let our cries be heard. Among the group were Smith's sisters. They talked of their pain and their heartache, but they also encouraged folks to remain peaceful tonight oh, really? rather than resort to violence like last night. I lost my brother. I can't get him back. Never. Never. That's pain. It's real hurt. I can't look my brother in the eye and say I love you. At the end of the day, oh, after not they're selectively solve, editing too. Come on, Fox. Nothing for Seville. They went crazy over Seville. We tired of it. We tired. And again, things have. Okay, so that wasn't exactly right. Oh, where is it at? She actually called for them to burn it down. Take this to the suburbs. Don't do it here. <laughs> Take it to the suburbs and burn they. 
bleep down. Oh, well, um, at least she didn't swear. She oh, said right. bleep, right? Bleep, yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it? Sorry. I'm so sorry. she does have some decorum. Or not. This might be it, maybe. Sorry, it's 17 different links. That, that that ain't it. Sorry, this is just this is a disturbing. Chanting black power. Let me just say the the way these websites are now being set up is just a nightmare of ads and junk. Click. I don't even want to see it. Well, it's not showing up. I had it earlier. It was in it was in my stack, but it's not. <clears throat> anyway, what she basically said is, um, in in the clip that they you know they took, yeah, don't do it here, peaceful, you know, not not in our backyard. Take it to them. But then actually, it's a longer piece. If you go, um, and listen, she's kind of. You can almost, almost agree with her. Well, almost because she's kind of bringing in what Clark had to say a little bit in that. We have a problem with the culture of our um, the culture of our uh, the inner city and the suburbs, and it's just crazy. Let me see if I can find it here in in another spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, where is it? There we go. Okay, this is, let's, Sherelle Smith and Kimberly Neal are the victim's sisters. What's your reaction to the community's reaction to the, the burn building? How I see it is the community finally stuck together. Am I sorry? Mind no, the language. Because guess what? That, that brought the community together. Do you think he had a gun that on it? The, the car that they hopped out on, it was a gun in the car. It was never a gun on his body. I am too. We all got it. So he has a license. We all he had it, and he didn't have a gun on him. The gun was in the car, and they didn't even see who fleed from the car. That's what's crazy. They assumed because he was in an alley cut, it was him. Because he was black. Period. He wasn't a threat. <laughs> Everybody needs to stick together. All that petty beef, y'all need to let it go. Let it go. Y'all think if the police killing us, they care about us killing each other? Why y'all think the 911 response calls is so long? They're trying not to save us. Oh, okay. She's implying that that is intentional. Now this is the this is the sister that um they actually used the like half second soundbite from her.
you, I lost my brother. My brother ain't have on a helmet. He ain't have on no motherfucking body suit to save his life. Y'all looking at us like we the we the enemies, like we the problem. We not. We not the problem. If anything, we the fucking solution. Y'all need to ask us what we need in our community. Y'all need to fix this motherfucking community. Y'all trying to tell us what we doing and how savage and how we look like we we niggas. We niggas to y'all. We not niggas to us. We surviving to us. We're survivors. At the end of the day, we surviving. Y'all don't know what the fuck we be through every day. With each other. With y'all, we arguing and fighting with everybody. To keep our peace of mind. Y'all don't understand that shit. Y'all think like, oh, they in the city. They, they, we should treat them how they look like they acting. Y'all don't know why we acting like that. Come down here and talk to us. What's your Actually name? support us. I'm Sherelle. I'm his baby sister. How do you spell your name? S-H-E-R-E-L-L-E. Smith. Put that in there. Tell them that. But just remember, his baby sister lost somebody. His son, his fucking son lost somebody. So he got to fight every battle by himself. Everyone by himself. And y'all just looking. I ain't hear not one cop just to say, say I'm sorry for your loss. Not one of them motherfucking bastards said I'm sorry for your loss. They said they can't talk, but they talking amongst each other. You know how bad that shit hurt? The crowd probably would have been quiet if they would have said I'm sorry for your loss. We probably would have shut the fuck up. Have they showed up at your house? But we they couldn't. Anything? They didn't say nothing. They looked at us and started defending themselves as if we was going to fight them. All we want is answers. Have they All called your mom? All we want is justice. My mama can't, that's her only child. Have police even called her? That's her only child. They ain't giving her no information. They just told her she gotta find a cemetery. As a matter of fact, the first thing they asked her to do was to calm the crowd down. That shit crazy. That was the only thing they asked. Ain't no calm no crowd down. Calm the crowd down. Y'all think we gonna get reckless out here? It's gonna get way worse. Until we get justice, until motherfuckers start feeling where we coming from, it's gonna hit everywhere. And I'm not saying I'm I, I, I'm I'm glad about it, or I appreciate it, or I'm even grateful that motherfuckers going crazy, because I'm not. What I'm grateful for is if we get justice today, should nobody else have to lose their son? Should nobody else have to lose their daughter? Without answers at that, y'all ain't even got answers to give us. And y'all want us to sit here and be quiet, get welfare checks, and get SSI. No, fuck them buildings. I hope them motherfuckers burn down tonight. If anything gonna go, let them go. And that's all I gotta say. Kim, you can finish that. On my life, that shit crazy. Motherfuckers, that shit crazy, folks. On my life, it is. So, that's a little bit raw. Um, however, there's a disconnect somewhere. Clearly. And I, what she didn't mention is the rap sheet this kid had. Clearly. I mean, assuming Clark's telling the truth, which I don't know why he wouldn't be, but you never know, that his criminal record was long and he wasn't a good guy mm-hmm. according to that system. But maybe Clark's right. Had the early on in the game, had the system been correct and actually doing its job, maybe he wouldn't have done that. And maybe she's right that if we actually went in there and listened and talked to these people and figured out what they need instead of telling them what we think they need, maybe stuff could change. But that's it's called communication. Yeah. We don't we don't got that. Yeah. I uh What do you think about that whole rant? 
I mean, if I was, I, I remember listening to uh, uh, a guy getting interviewed. He was in, I mean, ex-military, ex-special forces, black guy. And he was talking to a guy. Uh, they were talking about the Black Lives Matter. And the way the black guy looked at it was when people say all lives matter, he heard that as saying something less. Mm -hmm. um, but he said when he grew up, he grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And when he went to boot camp, it was, it was the first time in his entire life that he had seen so many white people. He'd never seen that many white people. It'd be like, like you know, me growing up around here, um, but reversed. Mm -hmm. And he said that they had a police officer who lived in the neighborhood, and he would always get in trouble, this, this guy. Um, but he knew all the kids in the neighborhood. So he said he remember one time that he, I don't know, threw some rocks at some cars or in a school window, went home. Cop didn't see him. Nobody reported him. But the cop immediately went over to his house because he knew that this was the type of kid that would mm. do something like that, confronted him about it. Um, but he also knew that if something bad happened and somebody got knived, he wouldn't, that cop wouldn't come to his house because he wasn't the type of kid that would do that. Mm-hmm. So it was a beat cop. It was somebody who lived there, lived in the community, knew the people. And he said one of the problems in the larger communities is that if you're going to have a community, you can't uh, you can't hire somebody from Connecticut or Massachusetts right. to come in who doesn't know these people, mm -hmm. who hasn't lived here, doesn't have any idea about about life there, and. <clears throat> So are you saying the community idea, this concept of community where we actually care about each other, know each other, matters? Yes. <laughs> That's quite the insanity. Well, and then plus you have, um, I mean, you have the whole, all the, the cultural things, the welfare class, uh, where you're... Um, where you're penalized to, to stay together with somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, you can make more money by having kids. I mean... I mean it it's it's a horrible situation. There's not there's not a lot you can do about it um at least at this point. So I mean part of me it, I don't want to be too harsh on this on this lady because growing up that's the narrative the police mm -hmm. are the problem. Right. And so if I was them and I wasn't highly educated and I grew up in this environment um, I would, I would be the same way. So when I look at her, I don't think that she's at fault. She's not the problem. The people that perpetrated and created this right. are the problem, not her. Mm -hmm. And, um, but how much of that problem comes from our like economics and our, you know, community or our, uh, you know, economic development who we come in and we tell these communities what they be or we avoid them altogether because they're just different than us and we just can't have that i think um, i think um a big part of it really is 
um, these eggheads up on high, mm-hmm. dictating mm-hmm. to them how how they're supposed to live. I heard a perfect example. I was listening to this podcast um, from this guy who used to be uh, in the special forces, and he was he was making this point that in in Florida, in um, one of the projects in Florida, some guy, um, African American guy, started a backyard fighting club, and um, it started to uh, increase in popularity. And so when a couple guys in the hood had an issue with each other, rather than going and shooting each other, they go fight. They would go fight, and it would bring in crowds. And he created, a, a, you know, um, basically a, a divisions, mm-hmm. and people would fight each other in the division. So it was basically boxing, but it wasn't regulated in any way, shape, or form. And it was all but in the backyard. crime was probably controlled. It, it was controlled, and people would come. They would bring food, and when there would be a big crowd, they'd bring food. People would buy food and mm-hmm. whatnot, and so they would watch us. And so what's going on is you have young men who are being aggressive, of course, mm-hmm. but they're working it out. And, yes, you would get injured, but nobody got killed. Mm-hmm. Well, the state came in, oh, closed it right down, down because it wasn't regulated. There wasn't a doctor there, blah, blah, blah. Now, that might work in a in a affluent community but in this community you just destroyed an mm-hmm. entrepreneurial uh spirit you just you just severed an ability for these people to maybe get ahead in some way to uh mitigate some of the mm-hmm. shooting and all the rest of it because some harvard educated egghead came Idiot. in and said you know um i think i think probably one of the biggest things is that you have to realize that different people have different cultures they look mm-hmm. at things differently they deal with people in in subtly different ways and so you can't just one size doesn't fit all all the time and that definitely applies when it comes to welfare when it comes to uh, the inner city projects and everything I you know a white person I don't in these type of situations I'm not going to be the person that's going to have a, uh, the perfect solution for them um, because I'm not familiar with that culture and they mm-hmm. might not understand me as well so I mean, obviously, like Sheriff Clark was saying, stop trying to fix the police, fix yeah, the ghetto. Right. And 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 I like that he is alluding to the fact that it's possible that the justice system is at fault. Yes. Or or at least a contributor. And he also said that the the liberal uh, the liberal mayor and mm-hmm. the, and the welfare system is also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also at fault. Well, and I, yeah, it was. She kind of alluded to that too. Mm-hmm. That you know, don't blame it on that and all this stuff. You know, you think that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. Yep. And she, for her to call to burn those buildings down, where welfare's at and all that piece of it, that's huge. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, as kind of brash as she was. I don't hate a lot of what she espoused there. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it, if we look at it correctly, it forces us to to think about maybe a communication would be in order. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's fix our, our relational issue instead. Of, and it's totally right, because when you have a whole mob of, of riot, riot-geared army, essentially... Yep, coming after you. That doesn't look good. I know. I had heard that there was a study at one hospital that they did. What they decided to do 
is that when a doctor made a mistake and hurt somebody else, hurt somebody, mm-hmm. like they nicked something when they shouldn't have, that they started, the doctor would go in and apologize to the person. <laughs> and just by oh, doing that, the um, the percentage of people that sued dropped dramatically. Huh. So she kind of has a point. Yeah. However, the cop, if they came out, because I've been sued before, mm-hmm. and when I got sued... I, part of it, I wouldn't necessarily say it's my fault, but I could understand that if I would have talked differently or if mm-hmm. I dealt with a guy differently, I, I mean, it wasn't my fault at all. I, I just, I, I felt like I'm sorry that it, that it got to this point. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I wanted to go and, and patch things up and just say, I'm sorry, but I knew I couldn't because the guy had such a, right. uh, uh, he was so so happy mm-hmm. that there was nothing that I could do. And if I said I was sorry, he would immediately take that and say he mm-hmm. could. He he Confess, admits that right. he did wrong. Um, so I'm sure all of the attorneys mm-hmm. for the oh, um, yeah, police officer, yeah, yeah, you don't say anything, you mm-hmm. walk away. Right. But why not? You kill somebody. Someone is dead. Mm-hmm. Why can't you own up to that? At least the the reality that 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 was our goal was not to die. He had a gun, whatever. There was things, you know, that's, it's, it's our job to make, maintain some safety and order. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't being maintained. I'm, we're sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I hate it. But, but on the flip side, from the cop's point of view, mm-hmm. if I was a cop and I was pulling somebody over and there was a gangster and they came around with a gun and I shot him, mm-hmm. I would be angry at the guy that I shot. Okay. I wouldn't feel sorry for him. Because all that's going to happen now is because this knucklehead mm-hmm. turned around and had a gun on me. Mm-hmm. He forced me to shoot shoot right. him, and he's not innocent. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's nothing. He he was he was a dirtbag. At least in my mind, I mm-hmm. would think if I was a cop. Right. And I can't believe he made me do this. So it's hard for the cop to all of a sudden turn around mm-hmm. potentially. Um. <laughs> but again, it comes back to communication. Yeah. If there was this sense. On both sides, that that the police department is going to do the right thing. Yes. Um. Did Did I ever show you that video of the uh, police chief, the Milwaukee police chief? He. Uh. There was a video of him talking. It's a little little bit of a swear word in it. Oh, um, well, that last one didn't have any. <laughs> um. Anyways, um. I I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find this because this. I think this would be a perfect um, uh, video. Okay, yeah. Um, let me let me copy. Let me get. Let me start this one up. It's three minutes long, mm-hmm. but it's outstanding. Um, yep. This is it. I'm going to uh, post it on our sheet under page one. Um, oh, it's the one with the double YouTube. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, start that one up. The first, the first one there. Yeah. Well, I heard a lot of things. Um, Certainly there are some folks in this community that are legitimately grieving and we heard from them. 
This is from a, a different incident. Right, 2014. ...to them and took great pains to shout down anybody that disagreed with them, uh, despite my ongoing disagreement. This was, um, he talks, talking to reporters after a fire and police commission meeting Thursday night concerning the shooting of Dontre Hamilton. During the meeting, uh, he learned that a five-year-old girl was shot and killed. ...with the police union. I have to say that their members tonight conducted themselves, I thought, with great restraint given the ad hominem invective that was being invective that was being unleashed on uh, their work personally and the police department generally. So, you know, this is a controversy. This is a tragedy. I've said it over and over again. It's a tragedy for the family, a tragedy for Officer Manny. It's a tragedy for the community. But I'm not blind to the fact that there's a lot of people t lining up to take advantage of this uh, tragedy to flog their own uh, agendas, and that was clear tonight as well. You're accused of saying something to one of the protesters or one of the people in the, in the stands. He accused you of... I, you know, he was making so much noise, I have no idea what he's talking about. But uh, he feels insulted. Uh, too bad. What's your response to some of the people that thought you were being disrespectful by being on your phone and not being attentive to them? Well, I was on my phone, and yes, that's true. I was following developments with a five-year-old little girl sitting on her dad's lap who just got shot in the head by a drive-by shooting. And if some of the people here gave a good goddamn about the victimization of people in this community by crime, I take some of their invective more seriously. The greatest racial disparity in the city of Milwaukee is getting shot and killed. Hello. 80% of my homicide victims every year are African American. 80% of our aggravated assault victims are African American. 80% of our shooting victims who survive their shooting are African American. Now, they know all about the last three people that have been killed by the Milwaukee Police Department over the course of the last several years. There's not one of them can name last, one of the last three homicide victims we've had in this city. Now, there's room for everybody to participate in fixing this police department, and I'm not pretending we're without sin. But this community's at risk, all right. And it's not because men and women in blue risk their lives protecting it. It's at risk because we have large numbers of high-capacity, quality firearms, in the hands of remorseless criminals who don't care who they shoot. Now, I'm leaving here to go to that scene. And I take it personally, okay? We're going up there, and there's a bunch of cops processing a scene of a dead kid. And they're the ones that are going to be out there patrolling and stopping sus suspects that may have guns under the front seat. They're the ones that are going to take the risks of their lives to try to clean this thing up, all right? We're responsible for the things we get wrong, and we take action. We've arrested cops, we've fired cops, and so on. But the fact is that the people out here, some of them, who had the most to say are absolutely MIA when it comes to the true threats facing this community, and it gets a little tiresome, and we start getting yelled at for reading the updates of the kid that gets shot, yeah, you take it personal, okay? Now, no offense, but I'm going up there now. So what do you have to go? say about that? <laughs> At wow. that point, yeah. if if you shut up. <laughs> yeah, if you had a soul, yeah. you'd go. Uh, yeah. Never uh, mind. Just kidding. Thank I, you. Hee haw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wonder if that's why he's. Uh, that's the <laughs> the yeah, mascot you know, he, of the Democratic <laughs> Party. <laughs> he did kind of uh, allude to the fact that this is because there's fire guns out there. Yep. Which. I, I, no, I I don't. That's not the problem. The problem is not that there are guns. The problem is that there are people who don't care about other people. Remorseless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, when I saw that one, I was like, man. <laughs> I I don't think he could have been more eloquent. No, oh, no, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I I want people to get passionate about things. Like yeah, that. and that that's great. And to list out that all the the murders that they investigate that are not caused by the cops are the majority of them are black people. You can't argue with that number. Like it's not the cops forcing them to shoot each other. Yep. There's clearly there's an issue in their community, and that's just yep. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. But I don't know though. This is the David Allen show. We all could use a little bit of this. Again, self-control. Yeah. If only we had some more of that. Yeah. It's one of the fruits of the spirit. Ooh. Yeah. Hey. Interesting. Wow. So it's a Christian thong. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if she knew that. <laughs> yeah, since um, I got a clip I'd like to play, since we're talking about I mean, that's one of the biggest things about the Black Lives Matter is that they feel like there's this huge inequality between how black people are treated and white people are treated. And there's this idea that we can have complete freedom and complete equality. And uh, Milton Friedman um, is asked a question. This was in the 70s, and he has a wonderful, uh, wonderful response. And uh, I wonder, is it possible to build a system um, based on this equality, which I believe that many people agree in, 
and would not be willing to, uh, to sacrifice to the liberty of freedom from. Well, let me, I'm not going to be able to give a full answer to your question because you've asked a very, very complex question, and so you're going to have to pardon me if, I'm a, if I am a little dogmatic, but I only want to suggest that the statements I'm making are not without some thought and reason behind them. In my opinion, a society that aims for equality before liberty will end up with neither equality nor liberty. And a society that aims first for liberty will not end up with equality, but it will end up with a closer approach to equality than any other kind of system that has ever been developed. Now that conclusion is based both on evidence from history, across history, and also, I believe, on reasoning which if you try to follow through the implications of aiming first at equality, will become clear to you. You can only aim at equality by giving some people the right to take things from others. Mm. And what ultimately happens when you aim at equality is that A and B decide what C shall do for D. Mm. <laughs> Except that they take a little bit of a commission off on the way. Huh. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah. Give me that equal freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought uh the only way you get equality is if A and B tells C what to do for D and then <laughs> And it's I mean it's true because um in order for there there's no such thing as as equality. Um when you when you watch uh, a basketball team is everybody the same height? Um, obviously not. Does each one have the same amount of muscle mass? Uh, when you go anywhere, is anybody equal? Nobody's equal. And um, <clears throat> are women the same as men? Of course not. Yes. The only place that you might see the slightest amount of equality is with identical twins. In, and if they were raised identically. But other than that, and that's probably the closest you could get... Everybody is different, so there is no possible way that everybody could be equal to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Now, um, <clears throat> and you can't even have uh, equal opportunity. There's no such thing as equal opportunity. If you were born with spina bifida, you do not have equal opportunity. Well, you should. It would be nice if you could. Right? So then, to get that, you have to hold everyone else down. That's right. And that sounds right. And like so it. what you, you have to take away other people's opportunity mm -hmm. in order to equal out your opportunity. Right. That would be the same thing as going into the Olympics and penalizing the guy who came in first or making him uh, run slower so that everybody goes across the finish line at the same time. Now, it might be nice for the last person so that he's not last, but what about everybody ahead of him? They are losing out on their opportunity of being a winner, mm -hmm. you know. <clears throat> so, well, it it creates an unequal um, playing field. Absolutely, because I'm not tall. Yeah, but if I should be allowed to dunk a basketball, I'm going to need help. Yeah. Now, LeBron James doesn't need help. No, he can almost stand there and touch it. Mm -hmm. But 
if I get help, how come he doesn't get the help? Oh, it's natural to him, so it's better. It shouldn't matter. No. It should be opportunity should be equal. Yes. Everyone should get the chance to play, but if I can't play, I don't get to I don't get on the team because I'm not good enough. But and from a Judeo Christian standpoint, each of us has been given talents, mm-hmm. like the parable of the talents. Some were given ten, some were given five, some were given two. And they were judged not based upon what t- talents they got, but what they did with the talents they actually had. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had a thousand dollars and uh, you were able to invest it and make ten thousand dollars, I think you could make a case that you did a better job than somebody who had a million dollars and invested it and ended up with a million and two and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> he made twice as much as you did. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. But comparatively. But he had a thousand times more to start right. with. Right. So. Hmm. So he's a weak weakling. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said Loser. that about the about the, the the woman who came and gave a, a mite, a small mm-hmm. amount. She gave far more than than one of the Pharisees who gave. So then that proves that it's heart. Yes. Right? F- from God's perspective. Oh, that's what I mean, right? Yes. Intent from God's perspective. <laughs> so, does this have anything to do with um, females in the in the army? <laughs> yeah. Should we play that? Yeah. All jobs in the U.S. military are open to women. That means combat, and it could mean the draft. And like most decisions involving the military, it's become political. Even no. a focus at the primary debates. And the idea that we would so draft our new. daughters to forcibly bring them into the military and put them in close combat, I think is wrong. It is immoral. And if I'm president, we ain't doing well, it. Well, you're not, Ted. <laughs> yeah. The fact is, 300,000 women have already served in Iraq and Afghanistan. 9,000 of them have earned Army Combat Action Badges meaning they engage the enemy. Nope, no, Maria no, Kowalski. no. Mm-mm. Oh, you're saying she's wrong? Yep, they did not engage the enemy. <laughs> there was fighting around them, Oh, but that doesn't mean they pulled any triggers whatsoever. But you you didn't really hear who said this. This was a, a reporter on CNN telling us this. It must <laughs> It must be true. Oh, oh right? okay. Well, right? Unless you, she also you can't argue if I Daily say right. Star. Yeah, <clears throat> can't argue with this. I find that, you know this this video piece is old ish. Uh-huh. They've updated the story on on this link here. Oh, this good. is your link. You should know this. <laughs> no. um, the only female officer enrolled in the Marine Corps Inf- Infantry Officers course has dropped out. Yep. And why? Uh, because. They did not complete two conditioning hikes. Hmm. Does that that that's not fair? That's unequal, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. Now, um, to be an infantry officer in the Marine Corps, uh, infantry school for an enlisted person is, uh, I think, a month long. And it depends upon what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to be just a regular grunt. Mm-hmm. It's it's different than if you wanted to be a machine. I was a machine gunner, um, or if you wanted to be one, one, one of those five inch guns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seven point six two full metal jacket. But um, if you wanted to be uh, a mortar person or a demolitions machine gun or just regular infantry, mm-hmm. now 
the Marine Corps Infantry Officer course, very grueling course. A lot of uh, Marine Corps officers that go into it don't make it. Yeah, it says that 33 additional officers have been dropped from the course. Also, yeah. Which those would be 33 men. Yeah, out, out, of, of, 97. out of 97. Yep. So, uh, and it was her second attempt. Exactly. That's the other thing. Anytime that you see, like there was uh, a couple women who, uh, two or three women who made it through the Ranger course. That doesn't mean that you're a Ranger. Just it's a course. It's mm-hmm. a 60-day course. Um, they were allowed a half a year or longer to prepare for it. Most of the men, when they went to the course, found out shortly there uh, beforehand and just went to the course. There's no additional preparedness or anything else. And if you're going to be a ranger, you're going to um, maybe not to the extent of the ranger course uh, work that hard, but you're going to work hard your entire career. There's no way a woman could do it. Mm-hmm. In the same way, there's no way a woman can have uh, a long career in the infantry as an infantry officer. No possible yes, physically, way. Physically, there's no way. There's just physically no way. Um, show me a woman who can do a 20-mile a, a 20, 20 uh, hump with 50 pounds in their back. I mean, show me. And if you did, if you did show me the woman who could do that, um, I guarantee you they couldn't max out their P, the, the male PFT. They couldn't. It just It just wouldn't happen. And if there was one, Mm-hmm. Assuming there was one, there's no way they could do it year after year, day after day. They could even taking testosterone. Um, <laughs> just like that cyclist <laughs> that turned into a boy. Yeah, that turned into a boy. Yeah, pose naked for ESPN. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, there's I'm sorry. A, yeah, mm-hmm. I told you I have a weak gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you said intent mm-hmm. now with god intent matters because he knows all about us and he knows our hearts mm-hmm. um this type of intent is a different this in in the real world intent doesn't matter results matter Percept, yeah 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 and if you keep on doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and it doesn't work then um you're deluded yeah. you're not ignorant you're deluded and this is a this is a perfect example of them striving over and over again to try to push something that will never happen. Mm-hmm. It can't. It can't. Yeah. it can't happen. And if there is a woman, I'm sure there is a woman out there that could probably do it. Just like there was a man once who was eight feet eleven inches tall <laughs> back in the twenties and thirties. But that doesn't mean that you make him the standard of what you should strive for as a man. You can't be 8 feet 11 inches tall. doesn't matter what they do to you. You say there's a reason there's a standard height for doorways? Yes. <laughs> because most people fall underneath that. Yes. And the anomalies don't, and they just have to deal with it. Yes. So why do we focus on the anomaly? We shouldn't. Because the anomaly tends to get loud, right? Maybe. This is the David Allen Show. I thought this was kind of funny. I think I'm in the wrong business. Uh, a, little, a little side here, a little side jaunt. <laughs> um, Forbes 
I think, anyway, if they'll let me come in. They have... Really? Sorry. I did that. Sorry, this sucks. Forbes. I hate Forbes' website. I hate it with a passion. Ah, correct. Just killing the uh, spot. This is <laughs> right. I got the one up on the YouTube. Money, money. If only it were true. Uh, apparently, if you are a DJ, Forbes says <laughs> maybe. Can you make oh, some money? Scratch that. Do you have that article up? I have on the world's highest paid YouTube. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Do you know who PewDiePie <laughs> is? Yeah, it's sad. Yep. I, 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 I've heard the name. Kielberg. PewDiePie. Yep. He's got 40 million subscribers, <laughs> and he pulls in $12 million pre-tax mm-hmm. a year. And all he does is he makes commentary on video games. That's all he does. That's it. I know. Yeah. And how, how much a year? Twelve. How many? Twelve million dollars. Twelve. Twelve million dollars. Twelve million dollars. Yeah. Uh, another one, uh, Olajide Olantuji. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yep, four point five million dollars. Michelle Fan, she made six, I think, six million dollars. I think it was in a year. In a year, Rhett and Link. Yeah, four point five million dollars. Oh. Uh, what's That's the not name too of bad. Uh, I got that. What's the name? Um, uh, or uh, Lindsey Sterling? Yeah, I don't know who that is. She, I've, I've seen her. Um, she plays the violin and then she like dances, ballet dances, kind of. You've never really? seen it? No. I mean, I remember seeing her. I don't know five, six, seven years ago on it. And I always mix, mixed her up with that one gal who got shot in Florida right before the. Um, oh, oh, do you remember oh, the Christian? Yes, yes, right before the um, the gay club shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, she looks a lot like. So I always got those two mixed up. But yeah, she made two point five million dollars. I believe it was. No, oh, it was more than that, wasn't it? It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Def- definitely, definitely a lot of money. Definitely a lot. Definitely a mo- lot of money. Uh, the other thing that I, 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 I'm clearly, 
in the wrong biz. So we should get a million at least for what we're doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, DJs. The world's highest paid DJs. So they just go... Wookie, wookie, wookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what they do... This is Bieber. I didn't know he was transitioning to a girl. <laughs> but see, this is what these DJs do. Is they remix songs under their DJ feel? Yeah. Of these big names. We're wow. gonna call Bieber a big name, but he is. Oh, and Bieber, Bieber alone, YouTube star. That's how he got his fame. He was YouTube. Really? Yep. He would just sing along or sing. Yeah. Some... Wow. Yeah. How's that worked out for him? Fame-wise, great. Yeah, fame-wise, but he's. Not here in a fruitcake. This is a Skrillex. Wicky wicky. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> There's a DJ called Skrillex. This is his mix. Here's a new one. Uh, Kygo. EDM. Electron. Hold on a second. Kygo EDM. It's a genre. And it's kind of... Interesting. Was this the Mickey Mouse or the Chipmunks? Yeah. On the surface, it would appear that Calvin Harris has had a rough year. She got into a car accident, parted ways with superstar girlfriend Taylor Swift, and saw a $3 million dip in annual income. But it would take much more to knock Harris from his throne. He still pulled in. 63 million dollars making him the highest paid dj in the world now wait what what does he get who you do you buy a a a cd from him do you go on do you buy an mp3 or does he go to parties how in the world does he get 63 million dollars this song, 418 million listens. 418 million listens on Spotify right now. Of this song. This song. This is Calvin Harris. Now, he's the DJ, not the vocal. He's the DJ. I want you to breathe me. This is ridiculous. $63 million. This is ridiculous. For the fourth consecutive year, Harris is the earnings champion of EDM, electronic dance music. A genre defined by a swirl of synthesizers, towering vocals, and psychedelic light shows. The Scottish DJ who gets paid more than $400,000 per Vegas gig has long had his eyes on the top spot. Quote, I want to be the number one songwriter, producer guy of all time. Next up on the list are two other Europeans, Dutch-born Tiesto, earning $38 million, playing more than 100 gigs in the past 12 months, on top of an estimated seven-figure deal with 7-Up. Okay. <laughs> so so, just, so just, think, really just think, the music bed is Calvin Harris. I... 
trying to think of an example. I mean, to me, this seems ridiculous. It would be it would be like going to an art gallery and you see Mona Lisa and the guy goes, "Yeah, I painted the background." So, it might be worth a hundred million dollars, and I get eighty oh, million the of this. The framer. Or the framer. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This this number two. And they don't... 38. 30, no, they're playing like computers. They do this like at home in a room like this. But they don't have to know how to play an instrument. They just have to know... Right? Well, kind of. I mean, they're, they're... They're making it happen. They got to know what sounds, you know, what goes okay. to note-wise. And a lot of these guys are actually producing some of these other celebrity music people things. I just... I just... This is Tiesto. The number two, $38 million a year. Ugh. David Guetta scored the theme song for the Euro 2016 soccer tournament and and $28 million for the year. I wait for it. I wait for it. For <laughs> what? The beat's going to drop in a minute. What does that mean? <laughs> Just wait for it. Wow. Um, if you're interested, go watch a documentary called This Is Tomorrow. It's, a, it's about shows there globally. There's a couple of them around the world called Tomorrowland. It oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing but EDM for, like, on steroids. It's huge. Hundreds of thousands of people come out to watch these things. And the, the show is phenomenal. And phenomenal in well, what just way? The, the production value is right. fantastic. Gotcha. So it's like a, a huge rave kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who knows what kind of drugs are going on, but we don't care about that. <sighs> but then, number three here. Number three. Let's see. I thought you did number three. Oh, no. That was number two. Let's see. Some of them are doing decent work. What does that mean? Is that <laughs> <laughs> no, this is David Ge Geta, Guetta, uh, for Sia, or with Sia. I know. <laughs> so what's, or who? Is Sia a girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a good t titanium. That's a good song. But this is, this is his version of it. So what? he made more money than her? Ooh, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, she has an estimated net worth of only, only $20 million. So, yeah, he's raking in more than, yeah. Because these artists want these DJs to mix their stuff and give them their, their flavor. And because they end up getting played in the clubs. Wow. I'm telling you, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm going to stop thinking about it right now because it's not worth my effort. And then here is a another David Guetta Ooh. radio edit song. So this is like radio play. Seriously? Two hundred seventy-two million listens on Spotify right now. This song. That's two hundred seventy-two million times. <laughs> so you don't have to do anything of quality in order to make money. Well, millennials apparently just want the beat to drop. Wait for it. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend. <laughs> So you don't even have to be original. This, this, wow. Yeah, okay. More power to ya. So can you imagine like having the radio on and this comes on? No. (laughs) And you just switch it off? Yeah. Here's another one. Sorry, just because. Three hundred thirteen million listens on Spotify right now. And who's this? Same guy. But it's now with Nicki Minaj and Babe Rexha and uh, Afra, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. I've never felt such so old. <laughs> right. In my day, we had music. We had groups like Rat and Def Leppard and Cinderella. That, now that was music. Did you say rat? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now this, I'll I'll give you that. This sounds way better than that other stuff. Without question. It says round and round. Yeah, I know. I hated that. I was kidding. I don't think I talked deep enough to do... (laughs) To do metal. <laughs> yeah. I gave that example because I hated them. I hated really? them. Oh, how I hated them. <laughs> um. Oh man. Metallica? Oh no. Sandy Patty? <laughs> Same hair. <laughs> um wait for it. I think. I don't know. Oh. 
No way, really? You know this? Yeah. I count the falling tears before yeah. You said it, almost said it a minute ago. Cinderella? Yeah. Oh, man. I had, uh, I had a roommate in the Marine Corps that at night he would always play them. Really? Um, but I don't know if it was this album, but it was uh, What the Cat Dragged In. Oh, Was that a song? I don't know if it was an album or a song. I just despised it. <laughs> I despise the hair bands. Really? Oh, my. No? Really? Yeah. Hated them. <clears throat> so this is, you probably don't like this either. I mean, occasionally this there's a good song here. As hair bandy. <laughs> what? And by hair band, I mean, if if you fast forwarded thirty years, you would say they were transitioning. I mean, they they look like women, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. that kind of thing. This is my problem with a lot of this stuff. Is that all this nonsense? Were they trying to show how good they were? Yeah. Hey, check it out. We're rockers, but we can still do this really flamenco guitar. <laughs> I mean, it used to be every song you would have the so- you would have the the verse and then oh, the chorus. The structure was all the same. And then there would be a solo, guitar solo, because mm-hmm. there yep, always had yep. to be. Yeah. But then there's some covers that are fun. See who? Tell me who the original of this is. That feedback? <laughs> no. I have no idea. Who is it? Hold on. Okay. In the howling wind comes a stinging rain. See it. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. I just recognized the voice. No, I didn't. 
I never had, I never owned a YouTube video or uh, album. Bullet the Blue Sky. Oh. It's been covered by several people. Huh. I just knew, you know, like the streets with no names. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, that. Have you ever heard uh, 99 Luft Balloons? No. Oh, that was a big one in 82. 99 Luft Balloons. <laughs> it, it was a hit. It's from, I think her name was uh, Nina something. From Germany. Different music back then. <laughs> Sandy Patty. Well, when I was a kid, I'd take a trip every summer down oh, to Mississippi this to is visit a my granny and her <laughs> yeah. world. Who is it? Come on. Uh, I Ray Stevens. Hey. all day long, climbing trees, freezing summer. One it. day, I happened to catch myself a squirrel. Well, I stuffed him down in an old shoebox and punched a couple holes in the top. When Sunday came, I snuck him into church. <laughs> I was sitting way back in the very last pew, showing him to my good buddy Hugh, when that squirrel got loose and went totally berserk. Well, what happened next is hard to tell. Some thought it was heaven, others thought it was hell. But the fact that something was among us was plain to see. As the choir sang, I surrender all, the squirrel ran up Harv Newman's coveralls, and Harv leaped to his feet and said, Something's got a hold on me! Yeah! The day the squirrel went berserk in the first self-righteous church in that sleepy little town of Pascagoula. It was a fight for survival that broke out in revival. They were jumping humans That's what we need to do nowadays. Should have seen the look in her eyes when that squirrel jumped her garters and crossed her thighs and she jumped to her feet and said, Lord, have mercy on me. As the squirrel made laps inside her dress, she began to cry and then to confess to sins that would make a sailor blush with shame. She told of gossip and church dissension, but the thing that got the most attention was when she talked about her love life and then she started naming names. The day the squirrel went berserk in the first of Oh, Ray Stevens, Ray Stevens. Yep. <clears throat> I was sitting in an office at a place I used to work at, and I'm sitting there at my desk, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I feel some something run up my leg. And so I, I clamp my hands down <laughs> uh, right above my knee, Cause I was, I mean, it started going up my leg, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> and out shot from my shot from my uh, pants was a mouse. Oh, and I did, got. Did you up, happen to scream? I got up and I started running after it, and I got about six feet, 
and you get that whole full body shake where you're like, <laughs> it took about that. It took me about five seconds before it hit me what had actually happened, and I and did the panicked. hopping around, going, oh, I can't believe. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so I, I, I feel for sister or whatever her Bur- name. Bertha better than you. <laughs> Bertha better than you. <laughs> yep. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. want to do um, a report released on Monday by the Pew Research Center revealed that a growing number of American fifth graders are opting to take a gap year to unwind from the stresses of elementary education and recharge themselves before taking on the rigors of middle school now quote we found that it's increasingly common for kids to put off enrolling in the sixth grade for a year and instead give themselves the freedom to focus all their energy on relaxation and personal growth. The report read in part, adding that many 11 to 12 year olds see the break as a time to step back and reflect on what they've learned about topics such as the California gold rush, decimal place values, and earthquakes, as well as to ponder what they want to get out of their middle school years. While some fifth graders take still take time they still take the classic approach of traveling in the hopes of finding themselves. A significant number prefer to just play out in the yard or visit the zoo a lot. And if the trend continues, it may soon be the norm for kids to spend a year learning a specialized skill, such as getting really good at riding their bike with no hands, or seeing how many Twizzlers they can fit into their mouth, rather than reflexively moving on to the next grade. The report also noted that for many students, the decision was primarily driven by money, as 12 extra months of allowance would provide financial breathing room once they started junior high. That was great. It's your thing what you want to do. (laughs) Now that was an article, um, I think, designed for satire. Yeah, and to make fun, you know, like to oh, take time off during college is really what they're trying to say. Yep. However, if kids would actually take a gap year from high school before college to go serve something bigger than themselves, to go find out who they are, yes. what they believe, what they stand for, then when they come back to college, maybe they can make a difference and not be molded into the mold of the uh, progressive. Preach it, brother. Hey.
And in other news, Satan's armies still heavily focused on the comments section. Sources confirm Thursday morning that Satan's armies are still heavily focused on infiltrating and maintaining control of website comment sections across the web, a tactical onslaught they've been focused on for the better part of the past decade. Quote, comment sections are one of the primary recruiting tools Satan's forces use to, <laughs> to influence people toward darkness, demonology expert Donald Valesco noted. This is why most healthy people cannot wade too deeply into any comment section on the internet without being overwhelmed by the presence of sheer evil, as they are bombarded with words and opinions more hateful, vile, and barbaric than any mere human could concoct. <laughs> During my research, I got too far down in some YouTube comments and ended up having to wash my eyeballs with paint thinner, he added. While more and more publishers are closing their comment sections in an attempt to purge demonic forces from their web presence, they're still being featured on websites far and wide. The best you can do is just try to avoid them, or at least stay away from their most infamous strongholds. If you find yourself submerged in a comment section on a site like, say, Reddit, well, then God help you. News you care about to help save your soul here on The David Allen Show. Again, satire. However, However, NPR just made the decision to halt all comments on their website. All of them. Comment section is gone. For real. Wow. Because they can't handle they can't handle the vitriol and they can't handle the hate. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's something powerful about the comment section. It well, gives yeah. you a, this feeling like you have a voice, even though you even don't. No, you don't. Shut up, slave. Sit down. Worth, <clears throat> right. And one last thing, and this this is a sad story, and I I I I, I read this with with sadness in my heart. In what is being called a freak catastrophe, the worship team at Journey Life Church was tragically. <laughs> Sliced into pieces Sunday morning as the church's laser lights. <laughs> had been mistakenly programmed to a deadly level of intensity. Early reports indicate there were no survivors from among the popular 13-piece pop rock synth ensemble. A horrific techie recounted the hours leading up to the tragedy to local news reports on the scene. Quote, we, we usually don't turn them up past the stun setting, but Pastor was starting a new series called Extreme Faith, so we figured out a way to rig the controllers to produce eight times the usual intensity. By the time we realized what was happening, the bassist looked like shredded cheese. <laughs> and the three guitarists weren't even recognizable. Horrified congregants fled the building in a frenzy as stray lasers singed pews, shattered windows, and burned right through the worship band's CD booth in the foyer. <laughs> This isn't the first time the church's worshipful, multicolored laser light display has caused problems for the band. As the drummer at a 2013 worship night lost a pinky to a straight pink laser <laughs> that was hit with a sudden power surge. But it's the first such occurrence to take a life at the church. These brave men and women knew the risks involved with the intense state-of-the-art laser show when they felt the call to ministry. But that doesn't make this any less tragic, a somber pastor Cliff said in a press conference held at the church's coffee shop. 
Going forward, Journey Life Church will ensure all worship band members are wearing church-approved plastoid composite armor underneath their culturally trendy attire. When asked whether laser light shows are really appropriate for a worship setting, Pastor Cliff looked puzzled. How else would we sing signal the Holy Spirit so he'd know where to land? <laughs> Journey Life Church will be holding auditions for a new worship band this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm spent. <laughs> you know, if there wasn't an element of truth to that, <clears throat> it wouldn't be funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just, just a throwaway headline, CrossFit being added to the cult watch list. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> You've heard those CrossFit people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe is isn't quite what I was going for. But why not, right? I agree. Wow! This is the David Allen Show. And speaking of, the roller coaster of love has... Uh, ha- have you happened... Have you happened to notice um, the very long hug that Joe Biden gave Hillary Clinton? He was trying to keep her from <laughs> falling so. over. No, no, I didn't. That, no. It was a long one that she just tried to get away from. Was there drool on it? Like six seconds. And I saw a, a rather humorous um, compilation of video of Joe Biden just kissing lots of people. Oh. Women. He likes to kiss them. Yeah. And he rubs on their shoulders. He's kind of. Well, Bush like did that cre- to Merkel. Oh, yeah. That wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of Hillary, oh, actually speaking of Biden first, uh, really quick, Joe Biden, the wizard vice president that we have, and he's a wizard, um, who a wor- wordsmith, I think we like to call him, who knows how to say it like it is, Joe Biden um, perhaps said too much. Who lacks this judgment, cannot be trusted. There's a guy that follows me right back here. That guy over there, the over there. Code. The one with the briefcase. What? With the nuclear codes. Joe, you can't say that. Yeah. With the nuclear codes. (laughs) So God forbid everything happened to the president and I had to make a decision. The codes are with me all. He is not qualified to know the code. Is this like the... He can't be trusted. Is this the Da Vinci code? What? Okay, so here's what I want to know. Biden doesn't know the code. The odds of that guy actually holding on to the list of numbers is so slim. And first of all, now he's not. Yeah. They're giving it to the yeah, other the guy. guy. There. Then the, with right. the pre- no, the other pre- Okay. That's the one with uh, combination 4242, right? <laughs> yeah, that one. If he got into that briefcase, right. he could blow up the world. <clears throat> I was proud. Does he have My Tourette's? Son Bo- Served for a year in Iraq. Came back. A okay, high- so he's now using his dead kid, because Bo's the one that died, right? Oh, I don't know. I think so. Really? Well, let's check. Oh, yonder Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Oh, Wikipedia. The, the knowledge portal. Highly decorated soldier. I must tell you. I, I, I must tell you. Had Donald Trump been president, I would have thrown my body in front of him. Bull crap, Joe. Are yeah, you kidding me? Yeah, he did me? die. <clears throat> How did he die? Uh, cancer. Yeah, I think. Okay. 
Yeah, 2015, right? There, J- Joe is an idiot. If okay. Donald Trump had been president, <laughs> I would have thrown myself in front of him to stop him from joining the military. No, you wouldn't have. Uh, yeah. I had to make a decision. The so, here we go. Now, we're going back again. not qualified. Now, to know the code. I think Joe said he might say something to the effect that um, up to now, we've done a good job voting he for people. He can't be trusted. Whatever. You know what his I son did in the Army? <laughs> he was part of the JAG. <laughs> he was, a, he was a, an attorney in the Army. JAG. Judge Advocate General. My son, Bo... Served for a year in Iraq. Came back a highly decorated soldier. I- How? He got a bronze star. For what? Doesn't say. I must tell you. No, I, I, I must tell you. Had Donald Trump been president, no. I would have no. thrown my body in front of him. He was in the National Guard, too. Hmm. So Joe's an idiot. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Clearly. Can you... Okay. So... <clears throat> The Secret Service, the Department of Defense, the people that actually control that, the nuke button, if we were going to call it that. It's not that, but the people that control that. Are they just shooting themselves in the head when he talks? It's like, oh, Joe, don't do protocol. Throw it out the window. Let's write new protocol every time Joe gets up and speaks. Me? Yeah. Yes. They have to. <laughs> they have to. <clears throat> I don't know. I, uh. Oh, but what do you expect? What well, do you expect? You, you can't. Um, Hillary Clinton is the Democratic n- 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 nominee. Don't say it. I was going to say nominee. You said it. I did it. She is the Democratic nominee for the presidential um, appointee <laughs> for the president. Okay. On the Democrat Democrat side. Okay. There's a lot of people saying that Hillary shouldn't have been there. That she, Bernie should have beat her. Oh. But including this guy, the five boroughs, Staten Island results, Manhattan results, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens. All of these votes are placed in a black box. This black box is an unaccountable, untestable, privately run software from the two companies that you have hired to count our votes. So when the votes come out of this black box, they do not reflect the New York City or the national votes in 22 primaries. The votes have shifted in 20 of them. The exit polling data in New York State shifted 12%. A shift of 2% is fraud, according to the U.S. State Department. So that's- wow. According to the U.S. State Department, a shift of 2% is considered fraud. Wow. And he's claiming that it shifted 12%. What we've seen across the country. One minute left. Richard Charnin, a mathematician, has been studying election data for years. Directly into the mic, we can hear you. Can you hear me? I'm glad you can hear me. It sounds like okay. So now this is the city, like the city council in where was it? Uh, New York. Let's see. It sounded like New York. Oh yeah, it's in New York. Forget about it. And he's bent down. Talking into the mic like this, reading. Yeah. And she's yelling, we can hear you. Don't get so close to the mic. Back off. I'll, sh- I'll cut it off. She said, listen to her. Jeez. I'll cut it off if he doesn't back up. I'm glad you can hear me. So only the developers can see the software. Only the hired contractors can see the software. It's a completely 
uh, untransparent process. This software is stealing votes. I have 30 seconds. All I can say is this country can't survive much more of your kind of democracy. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Hillary won. Um, really, she did. She won what? By hook or by crook. She won. Yeah, that's for And sure. now she wants to win again. But to do it, thanks to Lou Dobbs, he's going to explain how she's going to try to do this. And this new campaign, um, this new campaign thing, Hillary this plan. Clinton is now recruiting illegal immigrants. Are you ready for her new national voter registration drive? What? It's called Mi Sueno Tu Voto, which translates to my dream, your vote. She's expected to talk about it all week at campaign stops all around the country. Let me repeat. She's going after illegal immigrants in her voter drive. Are you surprised? None I'm of us not. should be. The Clinton Initiative comes on the four-year anniversary of President Obama's executive orders oh, yeah. blocking the deportation of hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants, up to five million of them. Obama wanted to block the deportation of those millions more until the Supreme Court stopped him. Well, we think it stopped him, but we're not entirely sure, and no one's following up to make sure he's following the Supreme Court's orders. Either way, for Hillary Clinton, it's payback time, and now she's banking on the Hispanic vote in November. Thanks, Lou. Jeez. She's going to win by hook or by crook. She's going to do, do what she can. Uh, however, it's somewhat clear what is that she might not be well oh yeah hillary clinton's campaign <clears throat> reacted strongly to growing reports casting doubt on the democratic presidential nominee's health calling it okay hold on back when clinton was in office what did she claim uh the people that were against her husband what did what, what did she oh, call them big uh, right, right wing conspiracy right yeah <clears throat> They are calling this part of a deranged conspiracy. Oh, of course. Pushed by the Trump campaign. Now, they're using deranged because they want to try to equate Trump with crazy. Donald Trump is once again peddling deranged conspiracy theories in a desperate attempt to change the subject. This time with absurd and debunked claims about Hillary Clinton's campaign health. Not her campaign health. Mm. Hillary Clinton's health. The campaign wrote in an email to reporters, This is hardly the first time Trump and his allies have donned tinfoil hats when things weren't going their way. The Clinton campaign issued a statement from Hillary's doctor, Dr. Lisa Bardak, to debunk the fake documents published online under her name. Quote, these documents are false, were not written by me, and are not based on any medical facts. To reiterate what I said in my previous statement, Secretary Clinton is in excellent health and fit to serve as president of the U.S. And if I say something else, they'll shoot me. <laughs> Well, that was between the lines. I read right <laughs> yeah. between that. Sorry. Doubts about Clinton's health have led to the popular Twitter hashtag, hashtag Hillary's health, as photos of the candidate slipping and appearing exhausted have been circulated online to raise questions about her physical ability to serve in the Oval Office. The Drudge Report featured photos of Clinton requiring assistance from aides to ascend the stairs of a local of a location in February, and today highlights photos of Clinton's preference for pillows to prop herself up during interview. So Hillary's ill. Uh huh. Um, two days ago, she spoke in, I believe it was Pennsylvania, and she had a voter drive, which, according to Lou, that is to get uh, illegals to vote. She finished her speech, 
And I, I cannot find it online. I, I was going to find it and grab oh, yeah, the video clip. Yeah, I cannot yeah. find it. Her speech ends and the live video, the live feed, showed her then waving to the crowd and walking off stage. Yep. And she's going down the steps. There's, I noticed a strange look on one of the Secret Service guys in front of her, kind of like sternly, like staring toward her, kind of intently. Like focusing. Yeah, like big time. Like his eyes are on her. He's kind of like very stern face. And all of a sudden, she's like probably two steps from the bottom. And all of a sudden, from the left side, another Secret Service guy rushes to her. She's walking down the stairs, but like rushes up to her, like preparing to catch her. And she gets down and he just instantly stops and turns to the crowd and starts scanning the crowd. Wow. You know what they should they should No ha- one's no one sees that or talks about it. Well, uh I mean, we are, clearly. But. I mean, I know I wouldn't have heard of this if, if you hadn't uh, if you hadn't mentioned that. And you you told me it and I went immediately to look for it. And it's not there, right? And it uh it was like instantly uh Wipe clean. Yeah. She says, and we're done. And they just cut the video. Done. They don't, Uh, no rope line, nothing. Wow. The only, the only thing with this is, um, can they, can they legitimately keep this out of the media forever? You know, because. I don't know. I don't know how they can. Well, she's what? going to be almost 70 right okay yeah so when she's done if she gets elected she'll be in her late 70s if she has well go go to that uh go to that clip yeah dr drew clip her medical records some time ago and if you listen to my show last week i just i just called a friend of mine dr robert heisinger who's an excellent internist pulmonologist and we just dispassionately sat and evaluated the medical record that she had released and based on the information that she has provided and her doctors have provided, we were gravely concerned, not just about her health care, not about her health, but her health care. Why? Well, it's hard for people to understand. Both of us concluded that if we were providing the care that she was receiving, we'd be ashamed to show up in the doctor's lounge. We'd be <laughs> laughed out. It's, it's, she's receiving sort of wow. 1950-level sort of care by our evaluation. So we, we took a look at her record, and here are the basic facts. She had two episodes of what's called deep venous thrombosis. Common problem, blood clots in the leg. She also has hypothyroidism. And she'd been treated for hypothyroidism with something called Armour Thyroid, which is very unconventional and something that we used to use back in the 60s. And both he and I went, hmm, that's weird. And by the way, wow, uh, Armour Hmm. Thyroid sometimes has some weird side effects. Oh, well, okay. So she goes on Coumadin. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, because Coumadin really isn't even used anymore. Now we use Eliquis or Xarelto, things like this. Certainly the, somebody, the presidential candidate, would get one of the newer anticoagulants. Now, this interesting coming from Dr. Drew, he's talking about these new drugs, yeah. because he is on the payroll of big pharma. Oh, yeah. Then she falls, big time. hits her head, and as a complication of that, has mm. something called a transverse sinus thrombosis. This is an exceedingly rare clot. I've only seen one of these in my career, which is a clot in the collecting system for the cerebral spinal fluid and it essentially guarantees that somebody has something wrong with their coagulation system well she's had two clots a transverse sinus thrombosis what's wrong with her coagulation system has that been evaluated and oh by the way armor thyroid associated rarely with hypercoagulability 
So the very medicine the doctors are using may be causing this problem, and they're using an old-fashioned medicine to treat it. What is going on with her health care? It's bizarre. i got to tell you, look, maybe they have reasons, but at a distance, it looks bizarre. There, there ought to be some sort of standard for people that are going to lead the country or are going to be making these important yeah. decisions. This, again, Hillary may be fine with all of this. I mean, it's, it's dangerous and it's concerning, but you can see. And by the way, when she, there are two other things that gravely concerned us. When she hit her head, she had to wear these prism glasses right. when she came out. Right. That is brain damage, and so that and it's affecting her balance. Now, clearly, it hasn't affected her cognition. Well, again, but tell us a little more did about he, that. See, did he say when that she fell? That is brain damage, and so concerning. But you can see, and by the way, when she there are two other things that gravely concerned us. When she hit her head, she had to wear these okay. prism glasses right. when she came out. Right. That is brain damage, and so that and it's affecting her balance. Now, clearly, it hasn't affected her cognition. But tell us a little more about that. That's profound. And then number two, when they screen her for heart disease, again, they did an old-fashioned screen. It just seems like she's getting care from somebody that she met in Arkansas when she was a kid. And uh, I just, you've got to wonder. You've got to wonder. And it's, it's no, not so much that her health is a, is a grave concern. It's that the care she's getting could make it a concern. Oh, so that doesn't concern him, the fact nah, that... Nah, nah. Nah. Yes, the care, because clearly the doctor's not using the drugs he's getting paid to push. <laughs> So, I mean, Drew, Drew has come out as a shill for Big Pharma recently, or over the last couple of years. It's been like he's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to, wow. push, to push meds. So, I mean, he's got a TV show and all the stuff and whatever, but... <clears throat> Ooh. But, but and the the stuff we talked about last show with her almost dying in a plane crash, mm -hmm. that all came out in WikiLeaks leaks a year, or no, this year. All oh, that information. Really? Yeah, yeah, so that's come out fairly recently. I'd like to see that. I'll have to go. I'll, I'll, I'll dig it up. Um, the other thing about, there was something else um, about his concern with her. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Just having a. Oh, yeah. Um, I. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, the other thing. Yeah, this is what I want to say. Um, the other thing is she hasn't had a press conference in like over 240 oh, yeah. days. She can't handle it. And she's taking her weekends off. Yeah, she's resting. Every single weekend. Relaxing. She needs it. She's old. I'm, no, and, I can't say she's old. She's a woman. That's <laughs> sexist. And Trump being Trump is going to take advantage oh, of that. Do we have that clip? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, where's it at? Sorry, I I lost it. What's it called? Uh, that it's too above that one. Oh, <laughs> sorry. This is great. <laughs> oh man. Hillary Clinton has supported tax increases on the middle class for her entire career. She's voted for higher taxes 235 times in the Senate. I thought it was more than that. That doesn't sound. Think of it. She's she's voted for tax increases. He is the king of like rabbit trail thoughts that he just leaves <laughs> hanging out there. Yes. Yeah. Just, just it's it's genius. It just throws a little little puff of smoke and moves right back yep. on. Oh, I thought it was worth it. Okay, back back to his thing. It's like constantly jabbing. Yeah. She's proposing a big one today in her speech, her teleprompter speech. This was August 11. She teleprompter. Got a, she's got <laughs> Uh, 
Her speeches are so short, though. They don't last long. You know, they're like, 10 minutes, let's get out of here. Go back home and go to sleep. <laughs> Three days later, she gets up and she does another one and goes back home and goes to sleep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy, is ISIS hoping for her. <laughs> is China hoping? Can you imagine China? They come in. You ever negotiate with the Chinese? They're tough. They're tough. You got to hit them back with a lot of energy. He says with no energy. Oh, <laughs> that's wow. funny. Because you can, t I mean, every liberal in America, if they heard that, would be seething oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you remember, speaking of Hillary and the Clinton cash, uh -huh. uh, that documentary? Uh-huh. And it just in in the Hillary movie, Hillary's whatever America, whatever. Yeah, Hillary's America. <clears throat> that movie kind of, you know, exposed a lot of of strangely coincidental. That's a good way of putting it. Strangely um, connections between the Clinton yeah. Foundation and those donors and the yeah. State Department. Yeah. Jill Stein, Joy Stein, not only dead broke but in debt. Joy Reid, sorry. Joy Reid at CNN. And money started to roll. MSNBC. I'll get it right in a minute. And donations. Misogynistic regimes. Wall Street insiders. Corrupt dictators. They all had one thing in common. Their check cleared. <gasps> that ad from pro-Trump super PAC rebuilding America great. now got a most... Yeah, but this is uh, Joy Reid, MSNBC's new latest um, African-American talking head who tends to be a Hillary lover. Their check cleared. That ad from pro-Trump super PAC Rebuilding America Now got a mostly false rating from PolitiFact huh. for its twisting a grain of truth to paint a misleading picture of corruption underlying the Clintons' wealth and their philanthropic foundation. Wow. And to this day, there's no evidence the Clintons ever used the Clinton so Foundation to enrich themselves or allowed its work to influence Hillary Clinton's decisions as Secretary of State. She ran the State Department like her own personal hedge fund doing favors for oppressive regimes and many others and really many, many others in exchange for cash. Nope. Those false claims first went mainstream with the release last Ooh. year of the book Clinton Cash, the untold story of how and why foreign governments helped make Bill and Hillary rich by conservative author Peter Schweitzer. Oh, again, no evidence to back up those allegations. But the man behind the Clinton Cash movie and the book, perhaps the man most responsible for spreading unsubstantiated claims about the Clintons' foreign dealings, is now helming the Trump campaign as its new CEO. Breitbart News Executive Chairman Stephen Bannon, despite never having run a single political campaign. So what? Yeah, and you didn't... <laughs> well, okay, I'm not going to go there. But, I mean, for <clears throat> her, the, again, it's that MSNBC, is... so they're biased, but... Reporting news, talking about a story. No, 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 that, no that's false. No, exactly. there's no way that's true. Not, eh, exactly. Eh. No way that's true. Sorry. Mm. Not not right. What they said's wrong. Now, does she have her own, or her own uh, Joy show? Joy Reid, yeah. Joy Reid, what is her show called? All In. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. She filled in for Chris Hayes. His show is on All In. Oh. Either way, she's, she's like the new uh, up-and-coming star on MSNBC. You mean she's? Yeah, I'm not going there. It, I. <laughs> yes. I don't know if they are actually claiming to be journalists, though. 
Maybe that's the only thing. Okay, so maybe they're not. You're right. However, the people that watch, the sheep that watch this. Yes, yes. Assume they're telling them the truth. And if you watch MSNBC, you are, with any kind of regularity, you are either a great skeptic who has a lot of, like, vomit control or or discernment uh, you're just um yeah bl- a, a, a blind follower yeah and so whatever true. they say is true i mean that's rachel true. maddow chris hayes and yeah yeah that's true matthews what hacks they are <laughs> oh, yeah got a, sh- a a thrill up his leg because obama talked so she finds nothing there's no evidence none that there was any connection no proof at all Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate, has a new theory on why Hillary Clinton wasn't indicted for her use of a private email server during her tenure as Secretary of State. Now, nobody in this hearing, and I watched most of it, which was grueling and pain in the neck, but <laughs> I, I did it. Nobody asked her, Hillary, uh-huh. if any of these emails had anything to do with the foundation. <gasps> oh. Now, there is a lot of speculation that the whole point of that and the reason there are 30 some thousand missing permanently deleted oh. are because they were direct communications soliciting funds and giving payback for people that were giving to the Clinton Foundation. Sure. Now, Jill Stein her theory, uh-huh. Part of the problem with Hillary's abuse of the rules She was sort of too big to jail, she says. Huh. And she violated those rules with a sense of impunity, and she violated them with a purpose, which she stated herself. She wanted her private information private. The Green Party candidate told host Chris Cuomo that half of the emails Clinton deleted were private. If someone is working for you and half of their emails on the job are for their private personal foundation, it really raises questions. Stein, a former former clinical physician said serious questions remain unanswered about Clinton's judgment, including the assertion she prioritized her personal interests alongside national interests. She also questioned the Democrats' trustworthiness in a job where she will have her finger on the button, so to speak. To people who don't like Donald Trump, you have more options out there than Hillary, she pitched. Wednesday evening's town hall marks the first major national event for the Green Party this year. So... Uh, she brings that up, and I'm kind of shocked that was on CNN. Wow. Which is a bit surprising, but for her to even claim and call into question that maybe this was for the foundation that they're hiding this, that's the first big-time news that I've heard about that. Wow. And there wasn't any knee-jerk reaction from the Clinton campaign going, this is outrageous. Not that I've heard. And this, this came out yesterday, this story, so late, like this morning almost. Late, almost midnight. Last night. So, I, now who knows? See, you know, when if I was the Clinton found, you know, the Clinton camp, anytime this story came up, I wouldn't, I would just, basically, if they asked me, roll my eyes right. and go, oh, conspiracy, okay, green whatever. party, right. Yeah. She needs to get with the program and join our, our two-party system. Yeah. It'll, uh, if it gets traction, it'll be interesting to see then. Wow. But they, I mean, they've, the thing is, I mean, everybody knows that she's corrupt. I saw this, uh, this article, um, from, uh, the Daily Wire or Daily Wire 
the title of it is why is the most corrupt candidate in history winning big and their their thought is if the election was today she'd win big hillary yeah and the reason why is uh what she the the writer said the answer lies in what economist george gilder might call the information theory of politics. Gilder says that the economy runs on new information changing the e- equilibrium. In essence, there is a steady drone of own information in the economy, and that's what creates an economic status quo. Um, both entrepreneurial successes and devastating depressions add new information to the economy, which is why you see movement in the markets, but old information doesn't change anything. This is the problem with Hillary. She doesn't add any new information to the system. We already knew Hillary was deeply corrupt from her time in the White House, from Whitewater to Chinagate, from Travelgate to leading up the uh, cover-up for Bill's sexual harassments. Hillary's corruption has been top of mind for well over two decades, and her threats to national security have been well known for years. In other words, she's been so dirty for so long. <laughs> Everyone's just used to it? It's almost impossible to add new information to the system. All she has to do is continue to be the same kind of dirty we already knew she was, and she'll watch her way to the White House. Help, I'm sinking. (laughs) And he said uh, Trump promised to expose Hillary to criticism she'd never felt before, but he hasn't done it. Instead, Trump has provided uh, new information to the system every day. While we've known Trump for as as long or longer than Hillary, we didn't know him on a political level in any serious way. So it's uh, it's easy to add new information to Trump, they're saying, mm-hmm. which will, will change the equilibrium. Oh. It's difficult to add new information to Hillary because everybody knows she's a lying, horrible um, person. And the news media is complicit in everything they do. Sure. Uh, to the narrative they want to tell. Sure. CNN unethically used a green screen to hype war in Crimea, but denies it. Uh, this article on anonymousnews.com.co. Uh, I attempted to watch this video objectively. I then shared it with a group of 10 video creators and asked if it was a green screen. They all said yes. And this is an image of a guy on a boat, like the front of a boat, in water with like warships behind him. I... I saw that, and I thought, that is... I mean, it looks so fake. It's almost as bad as the old Star Trek from the 60s. Now, it says, the question is, was CNN using this openly for effect or trying to hide it? They were trying to hide it. Even at the end of the clip, when they checked with... when. When they checked with the studio, the other anchor tries to pass it off that the reporter on the ground is at sea. Is that a pun? This is absurd. A CNN, and CNN in particular has a long history of dramatization and program, programmatic manipulation and then denying it. Why not just admit it? Green screens are common in film for them to be so arrogant as to think the public can't analyze is unacceptable and it needs to be acknowledged and apologized for. It's essentially a Brian Williams situation, but on a higher level. But how can they apologize for that? I don't know, but th- this is a video clip of it. I don't know uh, what the audio is. Much of its coastline is uh, frozen in by ice, especially during the winter months. Part of why it is so valuable to Russia uh, to have uh, the Crimean Peninsula as a place where its navy can move in and out of. And on top of that, and I'll remind you again, this is a U.S. Navy destroyer. <laughs> it so fake. It's terrible. That sails normally out of Norfolk, Virginia. On top of that, the Russian military at this point is blockading. <laughs> A number of Ukrainian naval vessels 
I think they're on, they're in, on the water. There would be a whole lot more wind, for one. And he's not flopping around on the ship like you would be. The naval component is a very important part of the crisis, the geopolitical tug of war that we're seeing around Crimea, around the Ukraine right now. And that's why amid the diplomacy that we're seeing going on between Moscow and Washington and the European Union and Kiev, the movements of naval warships like this are also important. They send messages right so now. So you hear that wind As is US blowing Secretary his microphone? Hey, he turned. His hair didn't move. This week announcing that the U.S. Would step up joint air patrols over Plus, the look Baltic how he's standing. Yeah, I know. No, he, no, he's got a wide no stance, movement. Yeah, but he's going up and down. Right. Four former Soviet satellite states, all very concerned right now, Jake, about the Russian military moves Jake. into Ukraine Jake Tapper. and into the Crimean Peninsula. Jake? Senior international correspondent Ivan Watson with some excellent on-the-water reporting. Thank you so much. <laughs> Did he what say a on, joke. The on the water reporting? On the waterish? No, I don't think he said ish. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh man. <coughs> Almost on the water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, with news today, if you ever get the chance, watch the movie. Um, the I think it's the Correspondence, I believe, or the Correspondent. Uh, it's got Ricky Gervais and Eric Bana. Oh. Uh, he's a uh, Eric Bana plays a. Uh, radio, like a news news guy for mm-hmm. radio, in, mm-hmm. I think in New York, and Ricky Gervais is the producer. This is his guy, it's, you know, the guy, the engineer that's going to make it all go. Yep. Well, they get shipped out to someplace in the in South America because there's, you know, there's some uprising going on with the drug war cartels and such. Was oh, this a comedy? Uh, yeah, but it's, and then they decide not to go, and so no. they just fake it. No, they they end up not being able to get out of town. But they don't want them to know. <laughs> and so, from across the street, they create <gasps> reports and then actually create a war and then end up where these uh, the embassies are involved and then they have to actually go there <laughs> because they're supposed to be there and they're saying, okay, get to the embassy as soon as you can. Well, then chaos ensues. However, it's... It's an interesting look. It's comical, but it's a great look at what can actually happen in the theater of the mind. Sure. And when television, <clears throat> news, and Hollywood come together, don't believe anything you see ever. Yeah. Ever. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, and then this this latest thing I saw today, there's like panic now. Aleppo, there's this new video footage of a little boy that's injured. Uh, apparently a bomb trashed a building and... Injured little boy, so they're bringing him into like a little holding area, uh-huh. and it's sad. The kid is just covered in like dust and blood, and it's not good. Uh, if you you can see the picture of him, if you click on that link, um, the injured child link, and you see it's sad, 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 sad. What I am intrigued with, when you watch the video of them pulling this kid and putting him in, yes, it's not good. It, it looks injured and or he looks dirty. But they rush him in, and there's cameras rushing in, like video cameras, and then they get him. They get him situated, and then the person that picked him up just leaves, get, grabs a, a radio, and gets out of there so the cameras can take his picture. They put this injured little boy. He's got blood all over his face. He's covered in rubble, looking like really like distraught and not crying, not doing anything. He just rubbed his hand with blood and looked at it. 
they sat him in a chair and left him to be photographed and videoed for PR. Yeah, they do that. And now, in, now uh, they're bringing another one, like and the they're West dropping Bank. them. And so now they have these kids, and now they're just putting them in and leaving. <clears throat> and they've got all these cameras. Again, I'm not saying it's, it didn't get hurt, but man, propaganda. Yeah. I mean, they're horrible in the West Bank yeah. doing this sort of stuff. Yeah. They actually, I mean, they actually want kids and parents and women to, to be get, killed right. because of the propaganda mm-hmm. value. It's terrible. But then to yeah. allow, to put them in, hide them. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I think the world needs to see this, this disaster that's going on Yeah. without question. But it was, it seemed really staged, the, the showcasing of this kid. And that just irritates me. Yeah. But these people are just some of the, yeah. I mean, it's it's hum, human depravity in action. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't. But I, I can't imagine growing up in a uh, in that type of Islamic culture where women are basically cattle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can love your son and your family all you want, but the minute they, uh, you know change religions they're dead to you and you can kill them um where there's this attitude in a lot of islamic uh, cultures that if a woman gets raped it's her own fault because obviously she stepped out without a husband or a brother and the reason why that i mean they recognize that basically that their base instincts are such that they want to to attack this woman or they they want to mm-hmm. uh, to rape her and if she's going to leave the house she should have she should have a man with them with her otherwise men are going to be men and they're going to rape i mean it's yeah. it's not like not this sense of maybe we should have some self control maybe this other person has some value absolutely not <clears throat> i mean i can't but like i've said before there's this thin veneer of civilization that we all in America live with and if we were all thrusted into this type of environment without hope yeah and um with a religion that doesn't have any power or any grace or any mercy i mean we might do the same thing so yeah. i found this uh little explanation by uh Penn Gillette on the second amendment which i think is kind of a little fascinating for all you uh ooh the the 5 inch gun haters <laughs> Read the words. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Sure, you need an organized military force to defend your country. But the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the people in contrast with the militia. It doesn't say the right of the militia to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It says the right of the people. Now, why the word people? Because the people who wrote this had just fought a war for two years against a tyrannical state militia. They knew the time might come when they'd have to do that again. So they made the possession of weapons a right that the militia could never take away. Now, gun control advocates say the phrasing is clumsy. And the comma separating the state from the people is just a pause to get your breath. Strange, they can't seem to point out any other places where those hack framers f***ed up the wording. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, 
five that five inch gun. It's terrible. <laughs> Boom goes dynamite. That's right. This is the David Allen Show. Ooh. We are coming to a an end. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Kind of. It's kind of getting. Uh, kind of getting late. But hey. But hey. Uh, we didn't talk about the Olympics. I can't believe it. But uh, real quick, oh. we'll run down the news. Uh, uh, Ryan Lochte and oh, a couple yeah. other swimmers uh, claimed to be robbed they got a couple robbed. days ago. Last Sunday Ish. at the show. Yeah. Breaking news Ooh. last Sunday. Mm. Get, got, got robbed. Killed. Oh, yeah. Got robbed at gunpoint. Gun mm. to the head. Mm. Uh, turns out that might maybe isn't quite the case. What? So may, may not be the case. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps they were um, uh, mistaken. And uh, we're being stupid and got in a fight at a gas station uh, that there happened to be CCTV at that oh. might show something different than them being robbed. All I'm saying is it's possible that maybe they were lying. They must be liberals if they're lying. <laughs> yeah, maybe, true. Maybe, maybe not. Have you um, have you ever seen an interview with Ryan Lochte? No, the green blind, green hair. Yeah. 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 He's not the brightest. He's a swimmer. Swimmer. Yeah, he's swimmer. Either either he's swimmer. Really stupid. Swimmer. Or he's really brilliant and acting stupid. Swimmer. And this can kind of confirms that yeah, he, he consumed too much uh, chlorine. Swimmer. Swimmer. He's a swimmer. Definitely swimmer. Uh there is one last thing that I've got. Do you have anything? No. All right. Be more memorable. How to better answer the three questions you always get asked when meeting someone new. Ooh. This from The Art of Manliness. Almost every time you meet someone new, there are three questions you will probably have to answer during your conversation. What's your name? What do you do? And where are you Where from? are you from? These three questions are so common and you answer them so frequently that it's very easy to get in the habit of answering them the same way again and again without thinking. You probably get bored with your own answers. And so you don't put energy and effort into offering them in an interesting way. Hi, I'm Joe. I work in public relations for an energy company downtown, and I'm from the Midwest, but moved there a couple years ago. <laughs> you might even feel like Bill Murray's character in Groundhog Day, going through the exact same routine time in and time out. It may even contribute to why so many of us dread meeting new people, yet it's worth upping your game in this area. How you respond to these three common introductory questions can greatly impact your first impression, how memorable you are to a new acquaintance, and whether your relationship ever gets past first base, so to speak. In this post, I will outline six specific strategies for answering these almost inescapable questions in ways that are di dis distinct and memorable. I will also share advice from experts in communications, linguistics, and networking about how you can stand out from the pack. Now, we'll just touch these quickly. Uh, six ways to make your answers more memorable. Here's a quick snapshot of the ways you can make your answers to these three common questions more memorable. Uh, repeat your answer. Science and common experience tells us that repeating a thing makes it more memorable. To find subtle ways to repeat your answers without making it obvious what you're doing. 
ask a question, tell a story, be clear, and avoid trying to be overly clever. Always choose clarity. When you're meeting someone for the first time, you should be cautious about trying to be overly clever in your answers to these questions. Create a personal association. Find your inner black sheep. Look for ways to describe yourself that highlights your uniqueness. Be different if you want to be remembered. Vanilla is boring and forgettable. Cherry, cherry Garcia with cherries and chocolate chunks is memorable. Huh. Mm. Cherry Garcia. Where was I? Now, let's see how these strategies apply to each of the three common questions. How to answer what's your name in a memorable way. Repeat your name without being obvious about it. About it. Hi, what's your name, sir? Uh, David. <laughs> Repeat your name without being obvious about it. Yeah, my parents named me David because they thought that I was, I looked like, da I was little like David from the David oh, and story. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> Use your name in dialogue. You might say, so my wife says to me. David, you put the diaper in backwards again. Ho, ho. Tell a story. Another way to make your name memorable is to tell a story such as how you got your name. I just did that. Yeah, you did. See, I, I did. Mm. Mm -mm. I'm good. Create oh. a personal association. Another way to make your name memorable is to create an association between your name and something that is more memorable to the person you're talking to. For example, if you say your name is Mitch... <laughs> and the person you're talking to says oh i have an uncle named mitch there you go if the person you're talking to says i'm a dog breeder you probably shouldn't go there <laughs> you can also connect your name with something the person you have just met already knows here's a few examples we'll do one i have an unusual last name smith which most people have trouble spelling. When I lived in Washington, D.C., I would say I was John Corcoran, spelled like the Corcoran Gallery. Oh, yeah, it's an art museum near the White House. I think that some people may have wondered whether I was heir to some Corcoran Gallery fortune. <laughs> Clearly, I wasn't. How to answer what do you do in a memorable way? Ask a question. If you want someone to just you just met to remember what you do, a great approach is to ask a question that forces them to think. Art of manliness style expert Antonio Centeno uses this approach to explain what he does for a living. Quote, when people ask what I do, I usually flip the question and say, uh, you know how most guys don't dress very well. Question, right? This usually gets the person he's talking to nodding along. And then I talk about how I solve that problem. I might mention that I have a nine-year-old, and let's say I go to take him to the doctor. Now imagine a guy comes in who's wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops. Am I going to give my kid to this person? Probably not. Now imagine a guy wearing a white lab coat walks in and has vaccines in his pocket. Everyone can relate to how clothing can make a huge difference. When you force the person you're talking to you're talking with to think by asking a question and to relate what you do to their own life, they are far more likely to remember you. How to answer the where you are from in a memorable way. When answering where you are from, your answer will always be relative. If you're standing in Miami, it is memorable to say you're from New York City. If you're in Manhattan, you need to be more specific. But if the best approach is to find a way to explain where you are from that is distinct, 
In other words, to describe where you live makes you seem like a black sheep in a sea of white sheep. Antonio Centeno does this beautifully. On the surface, Centeno appears pretty clean cut. He's a former marine with short cropped hair and no unusual facial hair or visible tattoos. He might even say he could blend into a crowd. But it's all in how you spin it. Antonio is actually a heterosexual male style expert who runs his fashion empire out of his hometown in tiny Wittenberg, Wisconsin. Population 1113 people. Now that is a little more memorable. When Antonio tells people where he's from, he makes a point of mentioning his hometown's population because, quote, my town is incredibly small for most people. I'm an oddity because people think with a fashion people think with a fashion company I would live in New York or Los Angeles or Chicago. I could say he's from, he could say he's from Wisconsin and leave it at that, but highlighting how small his hometown is makes him far more memorable. Antonio finds his uniqueness means people are more likely to remember him. They're more likely to later tell their brother or husband or father to check out his website, Real Men, Real Style. Many times, I'll get an email from someone a few weeks after we've met saying, you were, brought up in a, you were brought up in a conversation, says Centeno. Go out and be memorable. Hopefully, these strategies gave you some idea for making yourself more memorable. The next time you meet someone new, I need to answer the world's most common introductory questions. And remember, if you try these strategies and people still can't remember you, you can always move to a small town in rural Wisconsin. Because this is really memorable. I'm sure Antonio huh. would enjoy the company. Well, yeehaw. What if you don't care if people remember you? <laughs> you just make up your name. <laughs> or you mean prefer it? Uh, yeah. My name is Bill Walton. Yeah. Uh, John My name is Dr. Julius Irving. <laughs> I can jump real high. Well, this is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. We are on uh, the Facebook at David Allen Show. Yeehaw. Uh, davidallenshow.com. You go there. You can click on the link to uh, listen to all of our um, episodes. We are actually beginning to add uh, on our website in underneath each episode. We yep. are beginning to add uh, some links and notes that we talk about in the show. So you can check that out. Use that as a resource for finding the crazy stuff we uh, we reference. Uh, we are on iTunes at David Allen Show. You can subscribe so every time we post live, or every time we post the show, it will uh, it will ding at you and say, "Hey, you have a new message from the kindly folks at the David Allen Show." <laughs> from the kind, that's right. Well, <clears throat> have a good week. I believe next week we are uh, back here Thursday again. Yeah. I think it'll be a little later Thursday. Though. Yeah. I have to be gone uh, middle of the day, but I'll be back later on. So we'll be doing uh, a late live show, but we still plan on doing it Thursday, I believe. Yeehaw, uh, cowboy. Otherwise, um, it's been rainy and hot here. That doesn't make any sense, but it's what it's been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of off and on, strange. It's going to get cool. Mm-hmm. Eventually. What they say, whoever they are. <clears throat> but they can't get cool because they say we're in the global heating up stage. Uh-huh. Uh, that's been on pause for a while and don't forget to uh, sell your 5 inch gun (laughs) this is the David Allen show have a wonderful week and uh, add some value to someone today sure yes Mm -hmm. yes
I agree. I concur. Yes. Toodles. <laughs> See you later.